Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Microphone. There we go. Tonight is a live broadcast. It is September 8th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. on the West Coast. It is my special honor, privilege to have Nathan Leal, Watchman's Cry, on tonight. Folks, this is a show I have waited a long time for. I've been following Prophet Nathan Leal for over a year, uh, listening to the uh, broadcast that the Lord has been putting on his heart, and he's been sharing. And, folks, it's, it's a tough road to walk and receive a word from the Lord of what's coming on your nation and then have to go out and give it to people. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a word that um, causes many people to be offended because uh, many have bought into the lie that uh, we're going just to get out of here without any persecution, tribulation, you know, we can send in our $1,000 seed, get a million dollars from the Lord, buy a new house, get a new spouse, and then we're just going to be caught out of here in a moment of twinkling of an eye. Without the biblical parameters of the Word of God being fulfilled first, which is there will first be a great falling away, the Antichrist will be revealed, and many of you will be put to the death. Go read Matthew. Read the words of Jesus Christ. You know, if we get out of here sooner, folks, well, then praise God. But that's not the gospel that I read. The gospel I read says if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. That was Jesus speaking. Is a servant greater than the master? Twenty million people have died overseas for the gospel. They're dying right now. The rapture did not come and save them. Now, the return of the Lord will happen. But before that comes, folks, we're going to see the disintegration of the America that once was strong and great and that we loved. 
because of sin, because it turned its back on God Almighty, kicked them out of the courts, kicked them out of the schools and the homes. We would rather have uh, the Koran honored than our own Bible today. And, you know, God has a science of judgment. And when the cup of iniquity fills up to overflowing, if God did not judge the innocent, would not live. They would um, perish. I learned that from Pastor uh, Prophet Jonathan Hansen, World Ministries International. He and others saw what's coming on America, and so has Nathan Leal. And he's going to be sharing a, a word from the Lord tonight. Buckle up, folks. It's not too late to call your friends and family. This is the program they need to listen to tonight. And I just want to share something before we go to the line and bring on Brother Leal. I've been seeing the number 911, folks, for months. I don't understand it. I look at the clocks, and they also 911. I saw it again tonight. You all have heard me testify this live. I've been seeing it every night this week. I believe there's something coming very close, folks, on this country. And um, if we're not prepared to endure till the end, many of us are going to faint. And that's the, the message the Lord has been put on my heart. Get prepared to endure till the end. Because what's coming is going to cause many men's hearts to fail them for fear. So uh, before I start preaching here, <laughs> let me get to the phone. Uh, without further ado, let's get Brother Leal on. Nathan, are you on with us tonight? I'm here, brother. How are you doing? Brother, I'm doing all right. Praise God for you. It's a real honor and pleasure for you to come on, my friend. Uh, the microphone is yours. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, that's true. We've been playing email tag back and forth, right, trying to get the schedule down. So anyway, tonight's the night to share a word from the Lord. So do I call you Omega Man? Is that your name? Uh, you, you can call me Omega. You can call me Shannon. Just don't call me Shirley. <laughs> and uh, if you can speak up just a little bit more, um, I don't have, a, uh, unfortunately, a mixer volume, so it's all dependent on the, the host and the guest. So speak up as loud as you can. That'd be great. Okay. How's that? Uh, that's perfect, brother. That's better. And I want to tell you, we've got a full house tonight. Uh, word has been going all around, my friend, that uh, you're coming on. Again, it's a treasure to have you on because I know, brother, you've got a busy schedule. And, um, again, God bless you for coming on tonight. It is your microphone. Thank you, Shannon. Well, tonight I just want every listener to know one thing, Shannon, and that's this. What I'm going to share and what I'm about to share is not just entertainment. And the words that I'm going to share are not just a story. They're not made up. They're not fiction. They're not drama. And they're not sensationalism. Every listener needs to know, Shannon, that what they're about to hear concerns them. It concerns their families. It concerns their future. So, listener, please, please be very alert and please pay attention to what I'm going to share because I, I've been seeking God on this opportunity to, to share on, on Shannon's program. And I was in the prayer closet and I took a lot of notes in my prayer journal, the Holy Spirit led me to what he wants to talk about. So that's what I'm going to do, Shannon, tonight. Now, and Brother Nathan, before we begin, uh, would you be so kind as to give out your website and your contact information, please? 
Yes, thank you. My website is watchmanscry.com. Just like Watchman with an S on the end, watchmanscry.com. Or you can just Google Watchman and Nathan Leal, and it will come up. My last name is spelled L-E-A-L. So and I would like to urge everyone listening out there to go to Watchman's Cry, subscribe to the newsletter, and um, be a part of Watchman's Cry. Brother, before you begin, would you be so kind as to open up in prayer for tonight? Uh, sure. Heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray for, for you to just arrest every soul out there that you want to be touched with this message. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, touch them, give them open ears, open eyes, let them be able to hear this warning, God. Let them take it to heart. And, Father God, I pray for changed lives to come out of this, this message and this word tonight. In Jesus' name, God, amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, well here, here's what I'm trying to say, Shannon. This, this, these things that I'm going to share are not about me. Uh, they're not about even you, Omega Man. It's about, it's about all these people that God wants to to warn, and God is using you. you. You've hit the ground running, Shannon. I've seen that you've had a lot of uh, good guests, a lot of interesting guests, and, and you're doing a good job to warn. So Praise God. Pray, God bless you for what you're doing. So God's using you as a messenger to bring about the warning message so that his children can be challenged and that so that they can have a chance to take these things to heart. Now, as I was saying... What I'm going to share is about what every listener is going to be witnessing in the near future. So please, listeners, please, please pay attention to, to what you're about to hear. Now, real quick, Shannon, for those that aren't familiar with my ministry, let yes, me, I just want to say real quick, why do I exist? What is Watchman's Cry all about? Absolutely. Give us a background, Brother Nathan. Okay, real quick. Uh, the purpose of this ministry is to warn America and the world to what is coming. And it's not to entertain them, but it's to challenge them, and it's also so that those that are willing to hear and receive can hear so that they can prepare their spiritual hearts, so that they can take inventory of their lives, and, it's, and so that they can make changes of their life. You know, Shannon, there's a new term that people have coined now, in the past, it was the conspiracy theorists have all these ideas on the Internet, and these radio shows are talking about conspiracy, conspiracy. But now that conspiracy theorists have been proven true, and now that the New World Order is out in the open, we know that they're not lying. But the yeah. world wants to insult those that are trying to wake up and to warn. So they're not using that term anymore. There's a new term they've come up with, and it's called doom porn. Have you heard of that? Oh, no, that's a new one to me. Yeah, I just heard, came across this one just recently. That and, and they insult the remnant and people that want to be awakened. That if you want to listen to the warning message, then you have some crazy idea, uh, some crazy addiction to sensationalism. But what I'm going to share here is not sensationalism. It's about reality. So Watchman's Cries exists so that people can know the truth so that they can know about reality and so that they can have a chance to repent. Because the bottom line of the warning message is repentance. The bottom line is so that people can turn their lives over to God while they have a chance right now. So what repentance means, Shannon, for the people listening, is 
Basically, knock it off. Quit sinning. That means quit tolerating nasty things in their lives. And how much of the church today is tolerating garbage in their lives today, Shannon? You, you know, they are taught to wink at things. They're taught to wink at sin. Today's greasy grace motivational life coach gospel has taught people that God is a fuzzy bunny up in heaven and sin doesn't bother him because they said the sinner's prayer 20 years ago. Therefore, they are free and at liberty to live how they want. But that gospel is not in the scriptures. That's a twisting of, of what the scriptures say. So God is raising up voices right now to challenge that false message. So, by the way, am I starting out too religious, Shannon? Brother, um, the word says that uh, the watchman does not uh, sound the alarm, uh, then the blood is on his hands that the people perish. Uh, there's not any more time to fool around, Nathan, because gross darkness is on the land and gross darkness is on the people, and we're in the midst of a great falling away. And let me emphasize great. That means massive numbers will be deceived. And, folks, uh, I don't think there is a uh, a good ending to the story if you fall away. So this is the time to be watching and praying. Brother? Okay, good. So let me address, in case there's a listener saying, man, Omega Man has a religious guy, let me address that, Shannon. The God of heaven created this world. Jesus Christ, Messiah, created this world. He exists, and he is a holy God, and he is tired of flaky Americans saying that they're Christians, but at the same time they have addictions to their flesh. God's tired of people saying that they're Christians, but they're having affairs, and they're wrapped up in adultery, in fornication, in porn, in idolatry, in homosexuality, in bisexuality, sexual deviancy, and corruption. Because, Shannon, so many people today are engaging in these things, and then we have Christian girls getting pregnant, but since they don't want to embarrass themselves with a belly that's growing, they're borrowing money from their mom, who's a Christian, or their boyfriend, who's a Christian, and they're going to the butcher shop and cutting the baby out of their bellies and murdering their child. So today we have a rampant epidemic of abortion in America. Half of the abortions that take place in America are done by evangelical Christians, Shannon. God have mercy, Isn't that David. amazing? Isn't that amazing? Israel made their children walk through the fire. And we can go to church and hear the story of those bad Israelites. How could they do that? And at the same time, we have the church saying openly, and they'll go to rallies, and they'll go to a parade, and they'll go to some festival and say abortion's bad, and they'll hold up a sign. But when they get to their private life, it's a different story. And they're living like the world, and they get pregnant, and they're butchering their babies. And because of that reason, we have now 50 million babies that have been butchered since abortion was made legal, 4,000 babies a day. And the blood of these unborn children, Shannon, is crying out from the ground right now. God has heard their cries, and he's going to do something about it. Now, because of the things that I'm mentioning right now, it's why God is going to judge America. Judgment has begun. Now, let me say that again, Shannon. A lot of people reject that notion. I have a Facebook account, and when I put up a message that says, God's judging America, the greasy grace Christians will post right after and say, 
this is a gospel I haven't heard. You're mean. You have no love. You have no grace. Where's the blood of Jesus in all this? What they're forgetting is that God is not just the God of grace. It says in Jeremiah that those that know God and that want to know God need to understand this, that God is a God of loving kindness, which is grace, and righteousness, which is holiness, and judgment. So God is a God of three things, Shannon. But the false prosperity gospel only concentrates on one thing. God is a God of grace. And they're forgetting the holiness and judgment part of God. That's essentially making God into a castrated father who's a, a feminist, who, who, who's a wimp, who doesn't know how to discipline his children. And that's not what we read in Hebrews. Hebrews says, I discipline those that I love. I chastise those that I love. And if I do not chastise them, that means they're illegitimate. So judgment is beginning in America, and that means that every listener is going to see the judgment of God over their city, over their town, over their county, and on their street, and over their house, Shannon. You know, uh, Nathan... Uh, the word says that judgment begins first in the house of the Lord, and if the, the righteous scarcely be saved, where do the sinner and the unrighteous appear? Amen. So that explains, for the people that wonder, for the people that try to have a, a logical, carnal solution and explanation to what's going on in America right now, the big mistake that the world is making is they're trying to explain the present situation over America as a cycle, or a downturn, or a quote-unquote recession. But that's not what it is, Shannon. There are empty buildings throughout this country, and they've been empty now going on two years. Recessions don't last this long. We are seeing the destruction, the butchering, and, and the plundering of America right now because God has pulled his hand away from the nation of America. That's why there's so many houses for sale. That's why we see foreclosure in banners across garages and houses across the country. It's not just bad luck. It is the judgment of God. Now, Shannon, two years ago, God gave me a word of prophecy on April the 18th, 2008. Yes, I would like to read that word of prophecy. It's, it's over two years old, but as I read it, please pay attention and note that half of the things in this prophecy have already happened. But we're not finished yet. We're just getting started. But here's what, here it is. To those that would have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, it has become so. By the way, am I loud enough? Yes, sir. You're doing fine. Okay. The judgment that was at the door has walked through the threshold. The patience of the Lord God Almighty has diminished and grown weary. The sins of the land have poisoned the waters of America and are overflowing the banks. The waters and the rivers of America are full of the blood of the murdered unborn. They are full of iniquity, adultery, and fornication. They are full of the abomination of Sodom. The waters are polluted. The waters are polluted. The waters are polluted. They are foul. Therefore... This watchman declares and cries out over the land that the judgment of the Lord Jehovah has begun. Because the people of apostasy did not desire the truth nor the living water of the word of God, 
prepare to see the poisoning of the water of the land. Uh, make a note of that one, Shannon. Yes, sure. It was two years ago. Because the ears of the sleeping have been closed to the cries of the prophets, prepare to hear the cries of the people as God allows them to be stripped of their earthly idols and possessions. Because the people of apostasy did not desire the true bread of life, prepare to see the bread of man become more precious than gold. Famine will reach the shores of America. Idle hands will be replaced with hands searching for food. Because the people of apostasy placed material goods, cars, and wealth over holiness, prepare to see these people living in their cars. The land weary and full of iniquity will soon answer the cry from heaven with famine, earthquakes, and a tempest of deadly storms. Therefore, let the people of God seek shelter in the heart of God with repentance, tears, and reverence. Let the people of God seek the wisdom of God for instruction to weather the days ahead. This watchman has declared it. Let it be so. Amen. And that was published April 18th, 2008, which is over two years ago. Now, Shannon, already we are seeing people standing in line for food. We're seeing people living in their cars in, or in tent cities. We're, pe we're seeing the, the, the big one right here, and I was really amazed when I saw this thing start. You know... Let me give a background first before I explain this. In this Amen. prophecy, it says the sins of the land have poisoned America's waters. Shannon, when you have two Christians who claim to be Christian having an affair and meeting at a hotel or a motel during work hours and fornicating and then going and taking a shower after they're done, their sin and their iniquity goes down the drain and it goes under the pipes of the city. When you have babies that are butchered by so-called Christians and non-Christians, after the, the, the surgery room does their butchering, an orderly will come in and clean the utensils and mop the floor and then go to the utility room and pour that mop water with blood of a dead baby down the drain. So that blood goes down the drain of the abortion clinic and it will flow under the pipes of that city. We have abortion mills throughout this country. So the blood of the murdered unborn, unborn flows under the pipes of cities, and it goes in front of houses of Christians. It goes under the pipes in front of churches, in front of 7-Elevens, in front of people just living their own life, people just going their merry way, people, quote-unquote, living the American dream, saying that God has approved America, and that blood is crying out from the ground, Shannon. The Holy Spirit has showed me this. It cries out from the ground. Those murdered children have not gone unheard. So the, the waters of America are polluted with this blood. Well, in this prophecy, God was revealing this, and God said, I'm tired of this. The waters have become foul, and because of that, I'm going to poison the waters of the land. Two years ago, this was published, Shannon, and today we, we know what's going on in the Gulf. That's the beginning of, of what you read right here. God doesn't take sin lightly. He has poisoned the Gulf of Mexico. The staff of bread has broken. 40% of the seafood comes from the Gulf. It's now poisoned. It's going to be poisoned for years and years. We know the story about the core exit. You've probably talked about it already, and I don't want to digress with that. But 
It's not gone. BP said they've done the cleanup and it's gone. It's not gone, and we know that, Shannon. We know that there are people complaining of sickness. We have the symptoms coming from a lot of people along the Gulf Coast, and that is not because BP did this on their own making. Yes, they were a corporate company, and they had their leader call the shots, and we had Thad Allen, the Coast Guard person, call the shots, but we need to pull back from that scene and look outward. We need to pull back above the the United States of America, away from the earth, and look at the earth from outer space from God's point of view. It's judgment, Shannon. So God is poisoning the Gulf, and that core exit is going to come on land in hurricanes and in, in tides and in storms, and it's going to leach into the ground, and it's going to make its way in rain. It's evaporating into the sky and coming back down in rain. The benzene is poisoning farmland and killing crops, and people are going to be exposed to this poison. It's the judgment of God. And the judgment of God is not a wimpy thing. It's not something that just happens for five minutes and people say, okay, God, I give, you win. That's not how it works. When the judgment of God starts, there is a heavenly hourglass, and there is a predetermined appointment of time that the judgment is going to last, and God has already revealed through many of his messengers and servants the entire picture of what we can expect. And he has shown me, Shannon, that we're just getting started. The, the Gulf War sickness that we used to hear about in Iraq, remember that? Yes, sir. People got their, their poison. We're going to hear about Gulf spill sickness. And people are going to have long-term health effects. They're going to get cancers and, and respiratory illnesses. It's going to be bad. Now, a lot of people would say that's no fair. Why would God do that? Here's why, Shannon. Because the land of America is polluted and God has declared judgment is coming. The voices have been trying to warn for years and years. Now it's happening. The shoe has been dropped and it's landing on the ground right now and it's making a big splash. So back to to this prophecy of, of what's coming to America. We're not finished with the poisoning of the water. It's going to happen also to the fresh water. There are other events that are coming that's going to make water undrinkable on land, not just in the Gulf region, throughout the country, in different parts, according to God's timetable. So it's going to be a shaking, and it's going to affect people, and it doesn't matter how rich a person is, it doesn't matter how educated they are, how good-looking they are, or famous, or, or it doesn't matter how blue, blue blood they think they might be, Shannon, this thing is not going to play favorites. It doesn't matter if they're a Hollywood star or a rich billionaire. God's judgment is sure, and it doesn't play favorites, Shannon. So the only protection that anyone can have when God starts to judge the land is the same remedy that God has had for thousands of years, and that is one thing, returning to him in repentance. Now, America was quarried from the earth, Shannon. Most Christians today that are very patriotic will argue, and and they'll even go fist to cuff, and and they'll argue with an atheist who says America is not a Christian nation, and and it will make Christians mad. So, since America is a Christian nation, let's start with that premise right there. And I believe that most of your listeners would, would agree with that premise. But, in case they're not agreeing with that premise, 
Let me read a verse from the book of Jeremiah about that very thing. Now, some people think, Shannon, and the grace message has programmed some people to argue with the messengers of God, and they say, God is not judging America because God does not do that anymore. That was the Old Testament. That was only Israel. It's not America. Well, let's look at what the Scripture says. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 45, verse 4, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, what I have built, I will break down. And what I have planted, I will pluck up. That is this whole land. Now, right here, God's talking about a nation. He's talking about how He is a sovereign God, and every nation in this world, it, they didn't happen by accident. God doesn't take a nap, Shannon, and He wakes up one day and says, Oops, look what's that at the Horn of Africa? A new nation popped up. Wow, angels, I, I sure missed that one. No, Shannon. God raises up and He tears down. Nothing happens in this world without His knowledge and, and His influence and His participation. Now, America was quarried from this earth. And most Christians today will say, and they will agree, that America was given the foundation of God's heritage. And God is very clear that when a nation forgets Him, and they start sinning, and they throw away and they trample His statutes, then the God of heaven will respond and He will take away His blessings. Now, a lot of America's uh, Americans love the motto, the moniker, that, that banner, that T-shirt, that poster, that bumper sticker. God bless America. We've all heard it, right, Shannon? Well, if God does bless America, that means he's influencing the blessing on America. Now, let's go on in, in that verse. In Jeremiah, in, in the verse I just read, God makes it very clear that he is the potter. In, in this chapter, he's the potter over the earth. He's the potter over all nations, not just Israel. Now, for the people that say it's just for Israel, God ju does not judge other nations, therefore America can't be judged. If this theology was true, Shannon, then we need to rip the book of Jonah out of our Bible. Because Amen. Nineveh was not Israel. Nineveh was Assyria. And then we have Nahum prophesying to Assyria when it finally did get destroyed. So that wasn't Israel. God was watching this nation, and when he had had enough of their, their sinning, he destroyed them. That was not Israel. Now, now watch this, Shannon. Now, I have to share this, because as I share more of the judgments that are coming, and, and I have them written down, I have a whole list of things that are going to happen to America, Shannon, but I, I want to state it on this biblical foundational premise that judgment today is biblical. It's scriptural. So, Jeremiah 18, verse 7. Let, let's read on. It says, The instant I speak, now this is God talking, concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up, to pull it down, and to destroy it, if that nation against whom I have spoken, that means spoken through his messenger, Shannon, that means warn them. If the nation that I sent a warning to turns from its evil, then I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. That means I will change my mind. I will stop 
the judgment. I will stop the disaster. I will stop my hand coming upon them with my sword. Now, what does this mean? That means when a nation strays, God is going to raise up voices to warn the people to repent. And right now, today in America, Shannon, we have God who has raised up many voices to warn the people. You're one of those voices. Your program is one of those voices. You've had some of those voices. But it's not only voices that are on Internet radio. There's grandmas and, and, and grandfathers and aunts and uncles, young people, old people, who God is putting a burn, and he's given them prophetic dreams. And, and whichever their sphere of, of, of relationships are, whichever village they live in or county or town, God is not going to leave an area untouched. He has his voices out there. So here's the question, Shannon. Is anybody listening? Very, very few, unfortunately, are going to listen to the warning. Many will argue that God doesn't do this, God's grace only. But, you know, Shannon, 99.9 of the pastors out there have programmed this lie. And just because the pretenders hear a lie, that doesn't excuse them because they have Bibles. And Satan, the God of this world, also does not want the church and the world knowing about God's judgment. So what does the father of lies do? He has his clerics, his priests on TV, the talking heads, handing out their Kool-Aid. The economy is fine, they say. All, All is well. There are green shoots. We have a jobless recovery. The stock market is recovering. Everybody, it's going to be great. Next month will be better than this month. The quarter was was better than we thought. So most people watch TV, Shannon, and they become zombies listening to the lie. So here is, here's the situation, Shannon. Either the Bible is true or it's not. Now, most Christians who deny judgment are going to say the Bible's true and infallible. It has no errors. So let's read the rest of that passage from Jeremiah. Let's read, let's read what it says right here, Shannon. Amen. Jeremiah 18, verse 9. And the instant I speak, this is God talking, concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build it and to plant it, verse 10, if, now this is the big if, this is conditional, Shannon, now watch this, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent. That means I'm going to change my mind concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. Translation. Here's the translation of what this means. The motto, the moniker, the belief, the the, the faith of God bless America gets canceled by the God of heaven, Shannon. The Lord Jehovah says, time's up. The, The Lord Jehovah says, we're done. You had your warning. You don't want to quit sinning. You would rather live your own way in carnality. So we're done. So, now let's talk about that. Did God say that? How, how do people know, though, that God's upset? How, how do people know that God's going to be fair? Okay, God, in fairness, if you're going to publish, uh, if you're going to punish America, how are we going to know you're upset? What does God use? What is the engine of his usage? What is he, how does he get this message across to people? Well, 
since we're talking about this biblically so that the listeners will know that this is scriptural, Shannon, and that Nathan's not making this up about the judgment of God. By, by the way, let me say this. If I do quote scripture and the people still deny it, then and they say God would not do that, then let me say this. They have no excuse as the judgment shows up over their houses, Shannon. None. So how does God warn his people? Second Chronicles chapter 36. It's the very last chapter in Chronicles. And I have it right here open. Let me get my Bible right here. And I'm going to read a passage of how God works to warn any nation that he's unhappy with them. Now, here it is, Shannon. Second Chronicles 36, 15. Listeners, if you're listening, write this down or turn there real fast so that you can see with your own eyes that God does always faithfully warn in advance. Verse 15. And the God and the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them. Why? Why did he do this, Shannon? Because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. So the yes. reason God tells the messengers doom is coming is because he loves the people. And he wants them to have a chance to know in advance that it's coming. Look at verse 16, though, Shannon. Here's the, the, the question we just asked. Great falling away. How many people are going to heed the warning? Well, here it is in verse 16. But they mocked the messengers of God. They despised. They despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. Now, Shannon, I have asked God in many prayer sessions. I said, God, is there a remedy? Are you going to turn this thing? You say in, your, in Jeremiah, if they turn, that you will relent. Are, are they going to listen to your messengers? Are they? And overwhelmingly, over and over, Shannon, what the Holy Spirit has told me time and time again is that, no, the people are not going to heed the message. When I say people, I, I'm saying the majority of the people. The majority of those that call themselves Christians, the majority of those that go to those mega churches, they don't want to hear this message. So they're not going to prepare their hearts. So right now, Shannon, every person listening needs to know this. The reason you're hearing Nathan talk right now and the reason you're hearing this radio program is so that you can know what's coming so that you can have a chance to prepare yourself and your family. Now, Shannon, I'm, I'm nothing special, and, and of course, you, you know that. You're, we're nothing special, right, Shannon? We're your normal human beings. We wake Amen. up and eat just like everyone else. But God has to get, give the job to someone, so it's, it's fallen on our lap, and, and so we're being obedient, and that's what we're doing. So, Nathan, um, the nation is comatose. Most of the church is comatose. And folks, if you're listening out there, you're one of the few that may still be awake. And it is your job to go and wake up your family before they all perish. Go ahead, my brother. Amen. The nation today is on tranquilizers. They're on, I've called it one time, Obamalizer. You know, they listen to his report and they believe it. They listen to his report that change is coming. Well, 
you know what, change is coming, but it's not going to be change that they expected. So the Kool-Aid from the world is keeping people tranquilized. So people need to fight that stupor, and they need to have the discernment to have their eyes open, to take this message to heart. Now, the, carn the carnal part of us does not want to listen to the warning message, Shannon. Our flesh does not want to hear negative things. We're, by our very nature, we want to stay alive. A person will fight to breathe when they're held underwater. No one wants to die willingly. Our bodies fight it. Our, our, our bodies will react. Our, our, our soul fights negativity. So it's normal to resist a negative message. And that's the flesh, though, because the spirit inside of us needs to take precedence over the desire of the flesh to just say, peace, peace. Everything is great. I choose to think positive because, you know what? When God decides that it's time to judge, it doesn't matter how positive someone thinks they are, and it doesn't matter how many good thoughts they have. Good thoughts will not nullify the power and the judgment of God. The cup of iniquity will be drunk by the people of the land in spite of what they believe. So we need to be open to this. And, and I want to challenge your listeners also with this one, Shannon. Listeners, if you're having a hard time with what you're hearing right now, please at least do this. When you're done listening to this, go to the Lord in prayer and, and you ask Him if this is true. You ask Him if these things could be possible because they are true and I want you to have an opportunity to be protected by God. Now, moving on, Shannon. What is going to come? What, what events do we have in store in America? Well, let me just say this. It's not going to be pretty. We are facing a biblical judgment upon America, and not only America, also on Western nations and in the rest of the world. Now, some people have emailed me before, Shannon, and they say, why don't you give a message for other countries? Well, here's the way it works. God raises up messengers according to where they are. So if someone's in South Africa, he's going to raise up a voice in South Africa. I don't live there, so I'm a voice for America and part of the West, just like you, Shannon. So that's the reason that I'm, I'm talking about America right now. But... There are going to be residual effects of what America is going to see throughout the entire world. No one is going to be immune from this thing. Now, getting back to the biblical fourfold judgment. God is the God of heaven. God is the creator. God is sovereign. And he places, he builds up, and he plucks down. He pulls down nations. He allows kings to come into power, and he removes kings. Nothing can be promoted without his permission or, or his knowledge. Now, that being said, it is impossible for the events in this world to happen without God's knowledge. So, when we look at America and we see Obama in power, and people say, we need to pray for Obama to leave power, this is what happens in, in the biblical way of judgment, Shannon. When a nation sins, when Israel would sin, God would raise up an enemy beyond their borders, and that enemy would come in and invade them and plunder them and loot them, and then they would start crying to God, and they would repent, and then God would give them freedom and victory. But God would raise up these enemies. Here in America, we have 
a very odd anomaly taking place, unlike anything we've ever faced in this nation's history. We have a avowed Muslim. That's beyond argument, beyond debate. Obama's a Muslim. We yes. have a very odd anomaly of how he came into power. It makes no sense. He, he's not a, a natural-born citizen. We can no. talk all day about his birth certificate, but that's beyond the point. Obama was born in Kenya. He's not an American citizen, but still, he's in power. Yes. We have in, in the White House a king who's essentially a king of this world now because the Muslim world loves him. He's denied the God of heaven. He has made public proclamations that we're not a Christian nation. He has rewritten history and said that America was founded on Islamic principles, which is a lie. That's not true. But he said this. How does he get away with this? How come the press doesn't challenge him? Why does the press not bring his birth certificate to, to, to mind? Why is it only the quote-unquote crazy tin hat conspiracy theorists that are concerned about this? How can this sneak by? Here's why, Shannon. Because God is allowing him to be, for right now, the hammer of God. God is going to allow Obama to smite the land of America. Obama is going to be used as a vessel of dishonor to bring America to its knees, to see America plundered, to see a changing of laws, to see very, very tyrannical legislation get passed. It's going to get ugly. And for the people that say, this isn't right, let's pray Obama out, well, if that's your prayer, listener, let's pray Obama out, you have the wrong prayer. Because the correct prayer should be, woe is me, I am undone. That's why Obama's in office in the first place, is because the church has been asleep and has been tolerating sin. When Israel tolerated sin, it, it says in there, the blessings and the cursings. We, we, we all know about that, Shannon. We've heard that. The prosperity gospel uses that as so much uh, of their book teaching. Y'all will be blessed. Blessed in the country and in the city, going out and coming in. But they forget that this has to do with sin. It has to do with tolerating, tolerating sin. So today, the church tolerates sin, and because of that, the land is now cursed. When the land becomes cursed, God allows a vessel of dishonor, a leader, a king, to take over. Obama is the fulfillment of a divine judgment. So, that's we're there. We're already yeah. there, Shannon. We're two years into this thing. If we thought George Bush scorched us with, with whips, Obama's going to scorch us with scorpions. It's going to be bad, and, and we're just getting started. Now, getting back to the fourfold judgment. When Israel would sin, God spells it out in the book of Ezekiel and, and in Jeremiah, and it talks about the fourfold judgment. It's not pretty, but God makes sure that the judgment is beyond coincidence because a lot of people, natural man always wants to say, it's a coincidence. It was bad luck. It's a bad business cycle. Oh, well, it, it just happened. So he makes sure that he touches every area of a nation's economy and life and, and, and existence so that there can be no doubt that it's his judgment. Now, let's talk about the fourfold judgment. The fourfold judgment includes, number one, famine. 
And what that means is God breaks the staff of bread. How does he do that? He makes food either scarce or very expensive, or he makes the distribution of food hard to reach people. So famine reaches the land, and famine spreads throughout the land. Perhaps it's done through lost jobs, lower wages, dislocation of jobs, and we're seeing that right now. How many people are on food stamps? 42 million we're approaching, the highest number in history. Now, Shannon, here's an interesting number. 42 million are on food stamps, but let's also add their children. Wow. Their spouses, their parents that live with them. I, I submit this to you. At least, at least, because if you have 42 million and you add one child, now that's 84 million. You had a wife, now we're at 120 million. That's a third of the country already. So right now, Shannon, we have more than a third of the nation benefiting from food stamps. And if they didn't have those food stamps, how would they be able to eat? So that famine is essentially already happening. There's a temporary fix for that. There's a temporary Band-Aid that's limiting the pain of that. But I'm going to be sharing in a little bit over what we're facing with that one too because the dollar is going to collapse. Food stamps are going to be nil, and they're going to go by the wayside. But the fourfold judgment has, number one, famine. Number two, plague. What is plague? It, it's disease. It's residual sickness from malnutrition. It's residual sickness from exposure to chemicals or exposure to possibly fumes in the air, Shannon. Can we say Gulf War, the, the, the Gulf spill? Correct it? Yes. The plague happens during judgment. The third thing that happens in judgment and fourfold judgment is the sword. The sword means invaders either come into the land or tyrants come into the land or occupation comes into the land or police, state, martial law measures come into the land or war comes into the land. So let me, the uh, judgment. Let me add Red Dawn invasion. Exactly. And foreign peacekeeping troops also as possibilities. Exactly. And that, by the way, that's coming, Shannon. I've seen that in in dreams and visions. So we have the sword. Now, the sword has not happened entirely yet, but the legislation to allow that sword to come in is already occurring. We had George Bush pass many, many tyrannical laws during his presidency. Patriot Act 1, Part 2, Directive 51, the Military Commissions Act that got rid of habeas corpus, And on and on it goes. We have all those laws already in the books that basically make every citizen a suspect that can declare any citizen an enemy combatant or a terrorist or enemy of the state. And how how does that happen? Well, in those laws, Shannon, it actually, in the writing of those laws, it says an enemy combatant is anyone that either breaks state, local, or federal laws or endangers other life. Or an enemy combatant is someone that is rumored or reported to be an enemy combatant. The neighbor across the street, Shannon, he didn't like how you looked at him when you went home. He called Homeland Security and says, I got this guy living across the street. He makes me uncomfortable. Bam, you're on the list. So the day... Nathan, uh, 
And if, according to the new Department of Justice document, it's just put up on uh, major sites like Alex Jones's, if you use the name of God, his Hebrew name, Yahweh, or you use terms like a New World Order, you're now a terrorist. Exactly. Or you believe in the Second Coming? Yes. Exactly. So these laws are now in the books, and it amazed me, Shannon. The evangelicals sat on their hands while George Bush passed all of them, and they said, he's a Christian, I'm safe, he's a good guy. He passed all those laws, and now who inherited them? A Muslim, an enemy of Christianity. So this thing's going to play out, and how shameful for the church to to just sleep while these laws were placed on the books. But moving on from that, God brings a stupor to the sleeping ones. And when they don't want to follow his laws, we can read in the New Testament because they did not have a love for the truth that he allowed them to be deluded. A deluding spirit. He allowed them to listen to lies. So those, those rules are in the books. And the sword judgment is going to come from war. War is coming to the shores of America. World War III is going to be coming. I don't know exactly when, but it's going to be in the next few months or or years. But it's coming, Shannon. We're going to see massive, massive death from this war that's coming. And then the the fourth part, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in a second. But the fourth part of the fourfold judgment is the beast judgment. Now, in the Old Testament, that played out in the natural because... God allowed wild animals to come and roam Israel and tear people apart. I don't know. He, he, he gave them an appetite for human blood and flesh. So they would, the fowls of the air would attack people and, and lions and tigers. Animals would attack people. Now, in the New Testament, we, we, we can read in the book of Revelation, it says Babylon has become the, the abode of foul spirits and hateful birds and demons. So, beasts in the New Testament are demons, in addition to wild animals. Now, we can have animals attacking people, but in addition to that, it's going to go further, because the Holy Spirit has showed this to me, Shannon. It's going, this is where it gets really ugly and scary, because there's no way to have a face on this judgment. There's no way to know it's going to happen tomorrow, or, or the next day, or when you go into the town. There's no way of knowing because they're invisible. But this is what happens. God is going to allow the release of evil demonic forces over the land. And as this judgment continues to play out, because people did not desire the truth. Now, the prophecy that I read, that I read said they, they were people of apostasy. They didn't want the bread of life. They wanted a twisted version of the scriptures, an ear-tickling gospel. They didn't want the living water of the word of God. Today we have a famine for the truth. So, because of that, they do not have their armor, Shannon, to fight this evil that's going to come. And here's how it's going to play out. God's going to allow a release of demonic forces over the land. And as this thing continues to get worse, you're going to have people who get the denial letter. Sorry, Mr. Jones. Your unemployment has been 99 weeks. You're done after next week. Sorry, we no longer have enough funds in this state for food stamps. You're done. And a lot of people, Shannon, are going to get depressed. They're going to get angry. Their hearts are going to fail them for fear. They're not going to know how to deal with this thing. And because they are not grounded in the Word of God, because they have not repented and submitted themselves to God, because they have not learned how to dwell in the secret place of Psalms 91, 
under the, the mighty hand of God, under his wing, the shelter of God, they will not be shielded from these demonic oppressive spirits. These spirits are going to be spirits of destruction, of mayhem, of suicide. And we're going to hear more and more. Now, in 08, when the depression first started, by the way, side note, Shannon, that's what we're in. Listener, we're not in a recession. We're in a depression. And we're just getting started. It's 1931 right now. We have many, many years to continue this thing. But getting back to the story. In 2008, when the stock market first started to crash, before the stimulus was passed, we saw a lot of stories of men coming home, and I'm sure you, you remember that, Shannon. People would yes, come sir. home, laid off, and they would kill their wives, kill their kids, and then kill themselves. We were seeing it weekly, daily at times. We're going to see a resumption of that. It's going to get horrible. And these people, they're going to hear these voices because... This is where it's really sad, Shannon. How do you fight that? We have so many people today on antidepressants because they have not learned. A lot of Christians are on antidepressants. They have not learned to go to God and, and to be broken before Him, to go to God in, in, in honesty and, and, and in weeping and in tears, and they have not learned, they have not been taught by their pastors to seek the shelter of God but part of that seeking, it, 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 it includes, Shannon, weeping before God. It includes getting away and alone and pouring out your heart. Well, because the prosperity gospel has programmed people that you only are supposed to be happy and full of joy, people think that if you have a challenge or if you get sad, then you're not a Christian. So they take an antidepressant and they go to the doctor and they treat sadness as a, a, a medical condition. This is the one, another big lie. So now, Shannon, we have people on antidepressants. When their benefits run out, we hear over and over when people miss their dosage, of Prozac or Zoloft or, or other ones, that they have suicidal thoughts. And there's some kind of door, there's some kind of wall in, in a person's soul that gets open when they're on antidepressants. I don't understand it, but we hear over and over and over of people who do that, Shannon. They, they take antidepressants, miss their dosage, and then they kill their spouse and themselves. God well, have mercy. Yes. God have, exactly. We're not hearing from the pulpit. You, you need to be happy. You need to love your life. No. Listeners, hear, hear what I'm saying. The book of Psalms, King David would get upset and he went to God, and he wept. He poured out his soul. He would stay awake all night, lifting up his arms to God. And he said, God, I need deliverance from you. And he wouldn't give up. He, had, he learned to, to hang on to the horns of the altar with weeping and tears. And the people of God today, Shannon, we need to learn that place of God. We need to discover that place of God in our personal lives. Because the secret place is going to come into practice. That is the only way we're going to be able to endure. We read in the scriptures over and over in Revelation. We read Jesus saying, He that endures to the end shall be saved. We read in, in Revelation, They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. We read the, the admonition to the seven churches. He that overcomes will get this. He that overcomes will get that. 
We need to learn to be overcomers, Shannon. And being an overcomer is not a, me- a, a verbal proclamation. It's not just saying it. It's not sitting in church and repeating after the pastor. Everyone repeat after me. I'm an overcomer. That is not what overcoming means. Overcoming means we get a hold of God. We repent. We get rid of the captivity, the sin, the addictions in our lives, and we learn how to be open and broken before Him. That is how we learn to be an overcomer, Shannon. And, side note, those of you listening that are on antidepressants, I want to challenge you to do some research on the Internet and find out how you can wean yourself of these things because these things are going to be dangerous in the future. I'm going to go Amen. in. Um, go Nathan, in yes? we're going to take a short break. Oh, okay. Uh, allow everyone to take a bathroom break, uh, refill their coffee. Um, and before we do, would you please give out your website and your contact information again? My website is watchmanscry.com. My name is Nathan Leal, L-E-A-L. And you can go there. I put out regular audio messages that talk about these things. You can go there, hit the audio page, and listen to them. There's a whole library for free to listen to, Shannon. Now, you also have an uh, email, free subs- uh, newsletter, uh, uh, yes. updates. Yes. If you go to the audio page, there's a link. You can click there to su- subscribe. Okay, folks, I would encourage you to do that right now. Um, this is a man that I listen to. I highly recommend him. He hears from the Lord. And uh, we're going to be hearing more. Uh, here in a few moments, I'm going to give him a chance to um, refresh himself. Get something to drink, have a bathroom break, folks out there. Some of you have been uh, with me um, all this week. This is the program you've waited for. Uh, so praise God, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a, about five to ten minutes. Does that sound good, Nathan? Sounds great. Okay, bro. Mr. Shannon. All right, you're back with the Omega Man Radio Network, and we have Nathan Leal on the line from Watchman's Cry. All right, How you doing, man. brother? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm going to give you the microphone back, my friend. I have a question. Um, can you hear me okay, or is the volume not good? I had a, a person call me just now, and they said it wasn't as loud as it could be. The uh, the volume is a little bit low. If you can speak up uh, louder, that would be great. And, um, folks, uh, we're working on a, uh, a platform that does not allow for a mixer board, so sometimes our volume will be out of sync. But uh, we're working with what God has given us at this point in time. So bear with us. And uh, Okay. Well, I'll just try to talk loud. That's better, my friend. All right. Now, we were talking about antidepressants, Shannon. Yes. Um, if someone is just tuning in, I'm Nathan Liao with Watchman's Cry. How, how was that for a, a, a plug, Shannon? That's awesome. Okay. We were talking about the fourfold judgment that is going to be coming to America, and I was talking about the fourth one. We have, number one, famine, plague, sword, and then the beast judgment, which is going to be a very ugly one. It's going to be a very scary one. And and then I started talking about antidepressants, that a lot of Christians are on antidepressants. And I'm not saying this to chastise, Shannon. I'm not saying this to condemn because people do what they do. But I would just advise, if people can do this, to research this whole topic about antidepressants and how to wean yourself of them. 
do not go cold turkey. That is not advised because then those, those thoughts come in. But there are people that have made blogs on the Internet, on, and they will document and journal their, their, their journey of, of getting off of antidepressants. So if anyone possibly is on them, and you might already know what I'm talking about is true. Now, five years ago, actually it's more than that. It's probably seven years ago, Shannon, my wife, and I have her permission to share this, so it's okay. My wife was on Zoloft for several years, and I lived through the results of antidepressants. I saw what they can do. And when a person is on them, they're supposed to take it every day, and if they miss their dosage, the person that is on them will have crying fits that they can't stop, that they feel very sad, and they'll get thoughts that are not normal in their head. They will hear self-destructive thoughts. My wife told me that she could hear those thoughts in her head, and it scared us. And so what she did was she learned to wean herself, and it took several months. She would just cut the pill into four parts and take one-fourth away for a month, and then she got down to half and then one-fourth, and it took three or four months to do this. But, Shannon, when this thing gets really going, it's going to be horrible. How sad is it to hear murder-suicides in a Christian family? And how do you defend against that? How do children defend against that? You know, they're asleep. Now I lay me down to sleep, and it comes true. Terrible, Shannon. So when this thing happens, when these evil demonic forces are loosed upon the land, there is going to be no mercy upon those that are not ready. Now, is it only going to be suicidal thoughts? No. It's also going to play out in people who are ungodly, in people who are not living for the Lord. And we're going to see looting gangs. We're going to see gangs of marauders and plunderers that are stealing from one another. We saw that after Katrina. You remember that, Shannon? Yes, sir. It was total pandemonium down there. It, it was pandemonium. The gangs were walking around just doing what they wanted to the innocent. We saw that happen in the Superdome. And I cannot believe how quickly people resorted to carnal, Neanderthal, barbaric instincts within days of an emergency. We saw people end up in the Superdome, and you had innocent people going into the bathroom, and then you had thugs, demon-possessed, raping those people. It was terrible. And this, this is demonic. There's no natural way to explain this, Shannon. This is demonic, and it's going to spread throughout this country. So how does a person defend against that? That's why I'm talking right now. Because even though you have bullets and guns, how do you know? How do you fight that? You can't. The way to be prepared for this thing is to be sheltered in God. So we're going to see the fourfold judgment occur over the land. It's going to happen. God has made it very clear. I have had some very, very disturbing prophetic dreams, Shannon, and visions about what's coming. I don't have enough time to share all of them, but I've had a lot. So I encourage you, listener, go to watchmanscry.com, and there's a prophecy, dreams, and visions link on there of some of the things that God has shown. Now, in, in that page where... 
prophetic dreams are posted, there are already several that have come true, Shannon. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm just so amazed that God can take a normal person like me. I'm a father, 47 years old. I have three children. I'm a normal guy. And allow me to to be used to see these things and then to see them happen and come true. It, it's amazing. It, it's humbling, but it's all God. And the whole reason for these things is to prove that God is alive. God is able to use the prophetic gifts to show the future. It's not coincidence. I know that there's people listening right now, and some of them might say God doesn't do that. You know what, Shannon? It doesn't matter what they think. I have prophecies published on my website that have come true. Amen. If a person doesn't want to believe it, I don't care. I'm not trying to, to, to please. I'm not trying to, to beg people to believe. My purpose is just to do my job, to give the warning. If it sticks, praise God. If you are so hard-hearted and you don't want to believe it, I can't force it. None of us can force it, can we, Shannon? No, sure. Okay, so let me start talking about some of the other events that are coming. I'm looking at the clock. Uh, we're, we've got 45 more minutes, so I got some. Uh, give or take an extra hour if you need it. Okay. So uh, right. we can go full three hours if you need Okay. Now. I'll keep you out here I, six if you're available. <laughs> <laughs> The East Coast is going to stay up late if we do that, right? Okay. Now, the judgment of God, I, I, this cannot be stated enough, Shannon. I've heard some people on different radio programs say, if the pastors would assemble together for, for prayer and fasting, maybe we can stop this. I want to be very clear on what God has shared here with me. It's not going to be stopped. Not that God can't stop it, and not that God cannot change his mind, but people are not going to submit to him. Not enough people are going to show up. So here, is, here are the instructions for what's coming, Shannon. In order for someone to weather and endure what's coming, they're going to have to find mercy on an individual basis, period. Only yes. for themselves and only for their family. This means mom, dad. Now, dads, you're supposed to be the priest over the household. You are supposed to pray for your spouse. You're supposed to pray for your children. And you're supposed to also tell them the truth and challenge them to live godly. And if they're not, pray for them and challenge them to repent. So, over the family unit, Shannon... People are going to have to find individual mercy. So, Dad, this falls on you. If you want God's shelter, if you want his wing over your house, be a priest over your home that's not flaky. And if you have secrets and you have baggage and you have skeletons and you look both ways and, and you think that no one sees, guess what? God sees and you're not protected. If you think that you can sneak carnality in your life, you will not be protected. That, I can't say that enough, Shannon. If people want to be protected by God, they need to knock off that carnality in their life. And I mentioned some of the sins. We all know what the sins are. Well, there can be no compromise, can there? No, exactly. No. Folks, 99% is not going to work. And you say, well, 
surely there's got to be a way to save this nation. Yeah, I believe there's one way, Nathan. That would be if uh, President Obama right now would call a national day of prayer, and he would repent to God and call everybody to uh, repentance through Jesus Christ, and we would all get in sackcloth and ashes. Yeah, maybe we could be uh, saved like uh, Nineveh. Exactly. But then only the time would be extended because what happened? God still had to judge Nineveh 40 years later for the sin. And I, I don't believe that's going to happen, brother. So uh, I believe uh, nation's gone. It's toast. But uh, an individual and his family can be saved. Uh, but there's not much time to make, a, to make a decision. Go ahead, my friend. Okay, so let's talk about what we're going to witness, what the people are going to see with their eyes. Let's talk about what's going to be printed in newspaper headlines. Let's talk about what people are going to be talk about, talking about when they're standing in a soup line with one another or when they're looking for fuel or looking for gas or looking for food for their family. Let's talk about those things. What are they going to see? Now, first of all, what the media says about recovery is a lie. It will not happen. America will not recover. America is done. Uh, it's going to take years and years for this thing to play out. So no recovery is going to come. No jobs are going to return. The manufacturing industrial powerhouse of America is the past, Shannon. It's history. Those factories have been dismantled. Those tools were placed on cargo ships, and all of those tools are now in Asia. They're in China. They're, they're in Malaysia. They're in the third world. They're in India. So even if people said the jobs are going to return, the factories are empty. They're see-through buildings with broken windows, Shannon. And we can see them. They have graffiti around them. We, there's people squatting inside of those warehouses. To get an image of how America is going to look in the future, Google Detroit warehouses. Google Detroit burned-out houses. You can go to Realtor.com, Shannon, and you can find houses in Detroit for $100 that five years ago were selling for several hundred thousand dollars. You That's can, no exaggeration, folks. Uh, I've seen them. It's total ghost towns and chaos there. Go ahead, brother. So Realtor.com, if you don't believe me, it's there. And uh, so many people, that the unemployment in Detroit is almost 50%, and the people are so downcast depressed and sad with mortgages that they burn their houses down, and we're seeing an epidemic of that. Arson occur in Detroit and in the outer cities and suburbs of Detroit because God has broken the ability of the industrial powerhouse of, of America. It's done. So what we see happening in Detroit is going to spread nationwide. It, it, it's going to be third world living conditions. So right now, the present rate of unemployment, they tell us, is below 10%. That's a lie. The real unemployment rate is, well, if a person wants to go to the, the, the labor, Department of Labor website, they publish the, the numbers for the jobs report and the unemployment report, and there are two numbers that show us what the unemployment rate is. It, there's the U3 number and the U6 number. The U3 number is the one that we are told is the real number. But the U6 number is the, 
the number of people who are no longer on unemployment. And when people are no longer on unemployment, they drop off the rolls. But that number is approaching 20%. And then on top of that, there are other people who quit looking for a job. They're not even included anymore. So the real number, Shannon, is easily in the low 20s. Now, during the Great Depression, we hit 25% unemployment. Right now, we're approaching that number, and we haven't even gotten started yet. So this thing is going to play out, and the reason that we don't really see it playing out visibly with long lines of, of soup kitchens is because people, again, are on food stamps, and they're getting those benefits. But I'm going to talk about in a second, um, those things are going to stop. They're not going to last forever, and we've got, we are going to see numbers off the charts for unemployment here in America. Nathan, now, I call it the greatest weight loss program of all time in America. It's going to be called famine, and uh, we may even see cannibalism here, my friend. Exactly. Exactly. So, bottom line, Shannon, America's done. Now, for the people that are listening, you know, three years ago when I was doing my program, Shannon, we weren't really seeing the visible images that we're seeing today. And I would say over and over on my program, folks, get out of debt. Do whatever you can to get rid of your car if it's on car payments because if you lose your job, you're going to get your car repoed and you might be living in your car. You don't want your house repoed that's on four wheels. Today, Shannon, it's too late for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't listen. A lot of people sat on the sideline and said, well, let's see if Nathan's correct. And I've received emails. I, I get them every month, every week. I get them from people that say, I lost my job. The, the food, the pantries are empty. We don't have any food. And they're going to repo our car. And I just want to, I scratch my head, and I know that they've been regular listeners for a while. And I wonder, why did they stay on their car payments? You know, Shannon, Today here in America, we are so consumer comfortable oriented. We are so so used to rewarding ourselves that we have to have the new car smell. We can't have a used car because it smokes or it has a rust spot or there's a ding in it. I, 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 I wouldn't do that. I'm too good for that. So a lot of people would rather have a, a new car with a payment of five to seven hundred dollars a month. I mean, did you ever think? that you would see prices like that, Shannon, 10, 15 years ago, a car payment? The prices we pay for a car payment today would be equivalent to a house payment then. Exactly. And uh, so, I can I can say that I've even seen this, um, sadly enough, in my own family, Nathan. Right. Um, I mean, it's just it's hitting everybody across the board. And I want to make one of the comments without breaking the flow here. I was overseas, um, come back. And a small office that I had rented before was still available. It had not been rented in a two-year period. That's amazing. Uh, go ahead, my friend. Okay. I don't, and, again, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but just real, real quick advice. Folks, if you have a car payment, look on Craigslist. You can find a car for $2,000. You might have to walk. You might have to take the bus for three months. But if you have a $500 car payment or a $700 car payment, in three months, if you didn't have that car payment, you could buy a car free and clear on Craigslist. And, and Shannon, it's, I, I see them all day long. So a word of advice. 
that's just a side note. Now, people need to be people need to quit wasting money on stuff. And there's many things that people can do to prepare. Number one, first off, we have to prepare spiritually with repentance, with getting our house in order, with repenting to our family. You know, Shannon, there are relationships out there. There are husbands that need to repent to their wives for things that they've done. Yes. And, and likewise. Or, or, or parents to their kids, provoking them to anger, or kids to their parents, not being honest and doing things they weren't supposed to. We need to have families repent to one another so that God can come in and see them in one accord because this thing is going to be that serious. Now, let's talk about what's going to happen to the dollar. I had a prophetic dream over to, I believe it's two years ago, approaching, getting pretty close. And for seven months, I didn't share this prophetic dream. Finally, after seeking God for seven months, I said, God, I don't know what to do with this because I, it's risky to share this thing because it's just, uh, it's so scary, it's so spooky. What do I do? So God gave me two more dreams to confirm that it was true. Now, here's what it was. And if you've been a regular listener, a lot of you guys know what I'm talking about, but this is what it has to do with. America is going to have not only a depression, it's going to be a super depression. In fact, the historians are going to have to stumble and fumble to find the right way to describe it. The greatest depression, Gerald Salenti calls it that, the darkest years of America, the end of America. I'm calling it the super depression, Shannon, but yes. here's what's going to happen. If you reside within the borders of the United States, this thing's coming and it's going to concern every person that lives within the borders. So it's going to concern you, listener. It's going to concern your family. So we need to really, really be aware of this thing. Now, how is this going to play out? America is going to be facing in the next few months and in the next few years an incredible dollar crisis. And here's how bad it's going to be. It's going to be bad enough to forever, permanently change the landscape of America, Shannon. And it's not going to be a correction in the markets. It's going to be currency extinction. The dollar is going to go by the wayside. God That's coming. Yes. Now, what we're facing here is going to be a, it's, it's a tsunami of destruction. I've had another vision of a tsunami coming. The dollar is going to collapse, Shannon. It, it's, it has been decided it's, it's going to happen. Now, the once strong middle class of America is going to be slaughtered. That's the only way that I can put it. The middle class of America is going to find and be replaced with a new type of lifestyle. Now, the rest of the world calls this lifestyle third world living, and that's what's coming. Now, it's, it's going to happen. I can't stress that enough, Shannon. Now, how is this going to play out? Well, two years ago, oh, I don't know the exact date. It was in February of, of, of last year, of '09. I had a prophetic dream, and in that prophetic dream, I heard a person tell me that after August 15th of 2010, the world is going to start to abandon the dollar. And I held on to that for seven months, Shannon, because I told my wife about it, I told friends, and they said, don't you dare mention that. 
it has a date. Da- mentioning date is the death knell for anybody because if it doesn't happen, you're going to be taken by the wayside. They're going to tar and feather you. You're, you'll be you'll be marked, undependable, unreliable. You're false, and we can agree to that, right, Shannon? Yes, sir. So that's why <laughs> that's why I didn't yeah, share. <laughs> I, I didn't want to share it, and I told God in prayer over for, for a few months, God, if this is you, I need your confirmation. So what he did over the course of seven months is he gave me a new dream to show me it was true. And I had a second dream, and in this second dream, I was in a, a, a shopping mall, and in this shopping mall, all the stores were closed. The only stores open was, was in the food court. Oh, boy. And in the food court... The, the the store that had a long line was, it, it was called High School Cafeteria in, in the food court. And I went, and there was a bunch of people in line, so I got in line and I thought to myself, well, that's kind of neat. Uh, school Cafeteria has cheap food, because when I was in school, it was 35 cents, so I don't know what it is today. Is it $2, $3 in, in school? It was, uh, it, was two, it was $2 last time I was in school. Is it? And that's been 20 years ago. Okay, well, it's not uh, it, that much, though, right? But uh, it probably went up a little bit, but okay. we're not talking about $2 lunches. How much are we talking about? Well, okay. So $30 I, lunches? <laughs> well, I, I, right. So I, I say to myself, uh, school cafeteria restaurant, great. So I get in line, and and it resembles a school cafeteria. They had the lady that we see with the hairnets and the white blouse, you know, school ladies. So I ordered the food. And there was only one choice for a meal. It was chicken with mashed potatoes and some green beans, and she plopped it down. Oh, and I man. took the food, went to the cashier, and the, and the cashier said that would be $30. And, and you're right, $30. So wow. when she said that number, I protested. I said, I'm not going to pay that. And in my dream, I was angry. So I stomped away. I said, I'm, I'm out of here. So I stomped out of the shopping mall, and I decided to go eat somewhere else, but I concluded that this wasn't a good place. It has to be cheaper somewhere else. So I leave the mall. The minute I, I left the, the shopping mall, a restaurant appeared right when I came out of the shopping mall's doors. It was like the sidewalk appeared a few feet away, 7,500 feet in front of me. Boom. A restaurant appears, and there's a waiter standing outside of it, smiling as people walked by. So I said, I'm going to go there and eat. And it was a Chinese restaurant. It was a Chinese waiter showing everybody his menu. So... I walk up to the waiter, and I asked him, I was going to ask him how much food was, but I was still upset, so I decided I only wanted to have a, a cup of coffee. So I asked him, how much is a cup of coffee? And he grinned at me, and he pointed to the menu, and it said, coffee, $10. So, again, I was in shock, and I walked away, and I was, $10, and I walked away, the dream was over, Shannon. Well... After I woke up, I was scratching my head wondering what that meant. And after I was praying, God told me that that was related to the first first dream. Food's going to get expensive. It's only going to be available through public means, soup kitchens, and it's going to and China's going to play a role in this thing. So I pondered it. And then on August the 15th, it was approximately I I'm I'm sorry, that that dream I just shared was on August the 15th, and then I had another dream, a final dream, that helped me understand what God was trying to say, and in this final dream, I was, again, in a in a restaurant. This time, it was a school cafeteria. 
but it was in actually the building, the, the school, Shannon. So yes. I'm, at, I'm at the school cafeteria, and it was all grown-ups in line. So I got in line, and I, I got in line, and I asked the lady, how much is the food? And I don't want to spend too much time with every detail. You can go read it. It's called The Super Depression. It's coming on my website. But the lady said, you have to have five people in your group, and if you have five people, it's five for $99. So five meals for 99 dollars wow. $100 a meal. So... Again, I'm shocked, and the dream's over. So I'm seeking God, and I said, God, what's going on here? What what does this mean? And over the span of several more weeks, God explained what was going on. And he said, when the dollar crashes, we're going to see food get very expensive. So that's what's coming. Now, I said, so, God, how is this going to play out? How You told me the middle of August, 2010. How is it going to play out? And God said, here's what's going to happen. So then the Holy Spirit shared this. And I published this last year in November. Here's what God said, Shannon. In the days ahead, a meeting is going to take place somewhere in the world, and the participants of this meeting are going to decide to abandon the dollar. Now, the participants of the meeting would be bankers, political heads, leaders of countries, the, the uh, elite of the of the world, if you will, they would set the target date to start abandoning the dollar in the middle of August 2010. But they wanted to play out slowly, and it's going to take several months, if not several years, to play out. But after the middle of August, it will be game on. So now here we are, Shannon. It's September. It was last month that 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 target date occurred, and I was watching that date, and I was wondering to myself, I said, God, are we going to see it in the headline? And, and God said, by the way, and I, re- I recorded this in November of last year in a program. Those of you that can go to my website, it's program 140, and it talks about all the details of this thing. But that message was very, very heavy duty, Shannon, and, and here's why. God said, as it plays out, as the world starts deciding to abandon the dollar, they're not going to do it overnight. So on August 16th, you won't see the dollar abandoned. It's going to play out slowly. But the dollar would have already been decided to be sacrificed. So now that we're past August 16th, a person might say, okay, Nathan, prove it. All right, Shannon, is that a fair thing for you to say? Yes. Okay, so... I have been getting emails from a lot of people with links to news reports, and if people want to go to nethercorp.us, there's a story on there, or you can Google this. It's called Dangerous Economic Misconceptions. So write that down, folks, Dangerous Economic Misconceptions, and it's at nethercorp.us. They published a story. And in this story, they talk about the dollar becoming abandoned. And they cite five to six different stories. Now, on August the 26th, ten days after the middle of August, Shannon, a a, a report came out from the Financial Times of London, and it said that the world's biggest banks, and we're talking about Chase Manhattan, J.P. Morgan, the biggest banks, have launched international roadshows to 
show countries how to start using the Chinese yuan. Wow. Instead of the dollar. They, they started that on the 26th. So we have the beginnings of countries abandoning the dollar. In that story, and I have it right here in front of me, you can click other stories. There's one from Reuters, and it says the European Union wants to start using the yuan as a currency. There's another story of the yuan becoming a reserve currency of the world, and it goes on and on. So I invite, I don't want to just read the stories here. People can go read it, but this is what's going on, Shannon. This Nathan, we're, we're not going to have any other option because um, China owns so many U.S. Treasury notes, they're going to force our hand. If they if they... If we don't go along with them, they dump it, and then they still get their, their way. Um, the dollar is dead, folks, and there's a limited amount of time before this comes about. Amen. Now, we're going to hear more and more of this occur, Shannon. Now, what does this mean, though? How does that play out with us? I was asking God this when he gave me this message last year. I said, God, how is it going to play out? What do I tell the people? How do I, how do you, what brush do you paint this thing with? So God told me. He said, tell the people to read the book of Lamentations. In the book of, in the Old Testament, Lamentations is five chapters written by the prophet Jeremiah. And you see, Jeremiah warned for years and years. He told Israel that Judgment was coming, and they laughed at him, Shannon. They mocked him. They scoffed at him, and they didn't get ready. They didn't repent. So finally, after years and years of his warning them, it arrived. And the plunderers showed up in Israel. They showed up on the borders of Israel, and Jeremiah recorded what it looked like when this happened. And he, his diary of how it looked is called Lamentations. This book, Shannon, I invite all your listeners to read this thing because God said, Lamentations is coming to America, and you tell the people, when they read the description of what happened to Israel, that's what's coming to America. So, listeners, in advance, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you right now, go to Lamentations, and you're going to see a picture painted of what he witnessed. And what he saw was witnessed can only be described in nightmares. He saw people that he loved, Shannon, starving to death in the streets. He witnessed the death of little babies, of children, that just a few years previous he had held in his arms in swaddling clothes. He saw him die before his eyes. He, he wept as he walked up and down the streets and heard the ear-piercing screams of mothers holding their dying children, pined away from hunger. And he saw a young man of the town pierced through by the invaders with, with spears, laid dead, carcasses lying in the streets. He witnessed the economy destroyed with failed money. He saw people willing to trade their valuables, their, their gems and their gold, just to get bread. He saw all of the wealth of the city looted by foreigners. He saw people who were once rich reduced to begging in the streets. And God said, Nathan, tell the people, Lamentations is coming to America. When, when Jeremiah saw these things, Shannon, it was, he was a prophet of God. 
He knew for years it was coming, but when he saw it, it said that his bowels gushed out. It said that he, he threw up in the street. He couldn't bear the, the images he saw, Shannon. So it doesn't matter how close to God someone is. When we see these things happening before our very eyes, Shannon, hearts are going to fail the people for fear. Oh, and God, when, have mercy. Exactly. And when uh, Nathan was... Person, I'm sorry? I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Was this uh, also the time where the king walked along the wall and looked down and um, mother cried out to him and said, uh, last night I made a pact with my neighbor that uh, if we would eat my child tonight, we would eat hers tomorrow. So we feasted on mine and then she's nowhere to be found. She's hidden her son. You know... Bringing that up, I, I've interviewed Benjamin Baruch, and Benjamin has shared that he believes we're going to see cannibalism happen in America. God, it's going to be a, a nightmare. David Wilkerson shared his urgent warning a year ago. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. He, he sent out an urgent message, and he said a life-shattering event is going to come. It's going to test all of us in ways we never imagined. Christians who thought themselves to be strong in God are going to see horrible, horrible images. It's going to test all of us. Now, Shannon, the judgment of God is not meant to be pretty. It's not meant to just watch and observe and, and, and scratch your, sh your, your shin and say, hmm, wow, that was a bad one. No, the judgment of God, even to the very elect, is hard to watch. Paul said, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. To a person that knows and understands God, they know that God can be a dark whirlwind. They know that God is a consuming fire. They know that God doesn't play games. They know that God in His majesty would melt any human being and their flesh would melt away like wax. They know that God can look at a mountain and they would disappear like vapor, that rivers and oceans would become steam. They know that. So, Shannon, when we see this judgment over the land, it's going to be harsh. It's going to be real. And it's going to test everyone, even those of us that consider ourselves the remnant. It's going to test all of us because God has had enough. And he's going to make sure that the people know that it is him that is doing it. So, Lamentations is coming. It's going to be horror. We're going to see desolation. We're going to see the land stripped down of its wealth and its riches. Foreigners are going to buy up everything, Shannon, for pennies on the dollar. They're going to buy up the houses. They're going to buy up the land. They're going to buy up commercial buildings for nothing. Because China, as you said, is going to be holding the bag. They're going to be holding U.S. treasuries. And they're going to come in and have their way. And that's what happens during judgment. Foreigners end up with your houses. One man builds, but another man lives in it. And it says in Lamentations that very thing. It says that we have to pay for our own wood. It says that we go looking for bread at the price of our head, trying to not die because tyrants will have martial law. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be curfews. It's not going to be pretty, Shannon. Now, that's, that's the prophecy of the super depression when the dollar collapses. This thing is going to play out. So again... Who's going to hear this warning that I'm saying? Who's willing to open up their heart and say, God, I don't want to be caught unaware. 
I don't want my family to be caught unaware, and I cannot stress that enough, Shannon. Listeners, people, please, do what you can to be ready for this thing. Do what you can to be really repented. Do what you can to make sure that there's no corner and closet of your life that is unrepented. So many people tolerate sin, Shannon. All of us need to be open and laid bare before God. God wants us to rinse our hearts, not our garments, before Him. He wants us to put aside the games, the, the, the joyful, everything is great games. It's time now, as the book of James says, to howl and weep and mourn before God. Like, like the book of, of Joel says, to be broken before Him in a solemn assembly. That's where we are right now. True repentance. This message cannot be stated enough, Shannon. And I hope that you're going to get emails from people that repented and you're going to get emails from people that finally, after serving themselves, gave up their fleshly carnality and, and came back to God, the backslidden ones. That's another burden that I have in Watchman's Cry. There are so many people that have backslidden, and I have a burden for those people, Shannon. God loves the backslider. He has mercy for them, but time is running out. So right now, we need to do all that we can to be ready for those things. Now, it's 9.49 according to my clock, and I have more visions and dreams. So what are we going to do, brother? Well, brother, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to take a break, and depending on your availability, I've got another hour. How are you looking? Well, let's go for it. Okay. This needs to be said. Praise God. Folks, um, I'm excited that uh, we've got... Nathan Leal on tonight, he's a man who is preaching the truth. This is not popular, folks, okay? Now, I could be preaching. You could be uh, a millionaire if you want to go the route of the prosperity preachers. Or you can uh, preach the truth and the blood is off of your hands because judgment is coming. It's certain. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and giving in marriage and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. This is upon us. The fact that our borders are not being secured, that's not a uh, an accident. The fact that all the jobs have been gone and about the only place you can get work now is McDonald's or Starbucks, that's no accident. The fact that the economy is gone and uh, China and Russia and India are buying up massive amounts of gold and silver to back up their currencies, okay, that's no, uh, that's no mistake. The fact that we have a Muslim president in power and the church is uh, is falling away and is comatose, that's, that's Bible prophecy being fulfilled right there. The great falling away has started, my friends. The question is, what are you going to do? If you're here tonight, it's because you still have an opportunity to do something. And you still have an opportunity to, to warn your friends and your family, and ultimately they've got to make the decision. And if they don't choose the right way, it's death. Uh, I'm going to share, before we take a break, I want to share something, Nathan, which has disturbed me. Um, I met with a prophet, uh, Scott Lathrop, uh, about a year and a half ago. And uh, I asked for a word from the Lord, and I told him before I met him, I said, Brother, I need a word from the Lord today, good or bad. It's always good to have a word from the Lord. That means he hasn't given up on you. And uh, so I said, lay it on me. Don't pull back any punches. And he said, God is preparing you so you will not faint. And I said, uh-oh. 
and I've been meditating on that even in the last couple of weeks, then I would not faint. What's coming that would cause me to faint? And then it became very clear. What is coming upon us, Nathan, is so horrific that it says the men's hearts will fail them for the fear of what's coming. Folks will be jumping out of windows like they did in 1929 when the stock market collapsed. Folks will be eating each other. It'll be Mad Max. I've talked to people, and I said, do you know what's coming? Have you prepared? Have you done anything? They said, uh, we plan uh, to take what we need at the barrel of our 45. And these are sane people. But uh, the bottom line is it's going to be dog-eat-dog, dog, folks. It's going to be uh, Katrina one millionfold. And uh, if God is um, trying to prepare people so that they will not faint, that means um, that's going to probably be a few that endure till the end. Concentration camps are set up. They're coming. Martial law is coming. Foreign troops, NORTHCOM is coming. Red, blue list roundups are coming. And uh, it's the judgment of God on this country. And the word talks about uh, men will raise, will invade the country like caterpillars and raise up a shout. There's over 300,000 gang members alone in Los Angeles, well-equipped with AK-47s. The police can't even control them. There are neighborhoods that the police don't even go into now. Okay, we've got Russian troops. We've got German troops. And those are the ones that are already in the country. We don't know how many people came in the border last night. Therefore, how many suitcase nukes came in? Do you know? God has sent the warning. He always sends a warning before the judgment. God's prophets have been warning for the last 25 years. Now it's upon us. Dimitri Dudeman, Henry Groover, David Wilkerson, Jonathan Hansen, now Nathan Leal and others. Time's up. So there are people that will scoff at this message tonight and say, Ah, oh, I don't believe it. Well, then go back to sleep. Because uh, it's over for you. This is your last opportunity to wake up and do something. I don't think it's any mistake. I've been saying 911 for months, even tonight. So thank God that uh, he hasn't given up on us, and he's still given us a window of opportunity to do something. Uh, I'm sorry for preaching, Nathan. Oh, that's great, brother. Let me uh, let me go to, to break and give everybody a bathroom break and a chance to refill their water. I'm going to hang up on you so we don't burn out your battery, and I'll call you back within about five minutes. Is that all right? Sounds great, brother. That's okay, great. brother, take a break, and we'll be back on with Nathan Leal mm -hmm. of Watchman's Cry. Uh, folks, this is a live program. Uh, I want to praise God for Brother Nathan for taking time tonight to come out and share this warning. He's come under severe attack, just as I have and others that have been willing to preach the truth. Because it, it's not a uh, convenient gospel for most. Most are not willing to uh, realize that their world, as they knew it, is about to come to an end. It had to run out sometime, people. And yeah, we could have been born any time in the last 6,000 years, but it's not an accident that you were born in this time. You know, God chooses his vessels of honor and dishonor. And the question is, uh, you have an opportunity to do something with your life. If the Spirit has not left your body, you still have an option down here. Okay, Death is certain for us all. Even if you make it to the end, you, you've got to leave this body to take on the glorified body. The question is, what are you going to do with your remaining time? Even David had an expiration date, as I read the other day, in Kings. As he was coming up to the end of his life before uh, 
the torch was passed to Solomon. And he reflected back and even lamented that uh, he had made some bad decisions in his life. We've all screwed up. We can't really redo the past. But what you have control over is today. All right, and there's still an option to be saved in this time. Yes, some of us are going to have to lose our head for Christ. But Jesus said, is the servant greater than the master? You know, before Christ can come back, there's going to be many of us going to lose our lives. You're going to have the chance to make the same decision Peter and the other apostles did, the other disciples. Are you going to deny Christ? Or are you going to go to the cross with him? And that may be what he requires for you and I. Uh, Some of you may wake up too late and you'll find yourself in the concentration camp, looking from the inside out on barbed wire that points in, not out. Go read the Department of Justice report. Look who is the new terrorist, okay? Islam has taken over America without firing a shot. They put one of their own men into the White House. And this is not just pick on Obama night. Folks, it started a long time ago. We can trace this all the way back to Poppy Bush, George Bush Sr., who talked about the thousand points of light, the birth of the New World Order, who was involved in uh, opium smuggling out of the Golden Triangle, Lambodia, Laos, Laos, and Vietnam. Go ask Colonel Bo Greitz, the most decorated soldier in Vietnam, who interviewed General Kaesung, trace it to uh, George Bush Sr., and Colonel Armitage and his uh, father, Prescott Bush, who financed Adolf Hitler during World War II with Brown Brothers Harriman. Go read the front cover of Time if you think I've lost my mind. We've got George Bush Sr. who brought us 911. We have Bill Clinton and the 100 person body count. Mena, Arkansas. Secret sold to the Chinese. Treaty for open skies. Shall I go on? State Department 7277, all the FEMA Rex 84, Operation Garden Plot, Operation Magic Lantern. Go Google these terms if it's new to you. This didn't just happen overnight. And now we've got Obama, who has probably signed more executive orders since his time in office than any other president to date combined. And we have to understand that we brought it on ourselves through sin, through the abortion of 40 million children. They're putting homosexuals in the pulpits by sending our money to pimps in the pulpit who tell you they need a $20 million in Learjet so they can fly higher. Well, folks, if God needed them to get to their destination any faster than first class, he could translate them like Philip the Evangelist. And Proverbs says, if you support the rich, don't expect anything back. That's the paraphrase version. Okay, we've sown into bad ground. And we're going to reap, not the harvest, we're going to reap the whirlwind on our heads. From looking the other way, in compromise. Thinking sitting on the church pew, once a week and putting a couple bucks in the offering plate, did God a service. We've neglected the poor, the widows, the orphans. We have not stood in the gap. For those who have been slaughtered, divorce is rampant in the church. Homosexuality is accepted. We're building uh, an Islam mosque 
in the middle of New York City, and that's all right, by our president. We've taken God out of the courtroom. We fired Judge Roy Moore because he stood up for value. And we said, that's okay. I don't even know if we do Pledge of Allegiance in school. Do we still have in God we trust on our coin? I don't know anymore. I wouldn't doubt it if it's been taken off. The point is, judgment must fall in America now. I've sat across from prophets, and I said, what are you doing here in the country? You know what's coming. And they said, we have no choice. God sent us here to warn the people. But they've also told me that God has the ability to protect his people. That which is his, he will protect. My sheep hear my voice, and other they will not follow. The rest are going to be destroyed, folks. And judgment starts first in the house of the Lord. The sifting of the saints has is started. You can no longer sit on the fence. You're going to either have to be hot or cold. Make your decision. Choose this day whom ye will serve. And if you don't, God is going to force you. He's going to turn up the heat. He's going to force you. And you'll either give all to Christ and be willing to sell out and forsake all, or you're going to become offended when the persecution starts. And the vast majority of the mainstream church today will be offended for the faith because they've been sold a lie. And that is that they were going to get out of here before it all started. Have I been preaching 30 minutes? I don't know. I've lost track of time. But I better get Nathan Lau back on the line. So stand by while I go to this quick break. And I said before, if you want to find a lot of demons, go to church. There you can be sure you'll find a bunch. They're roosting all over God's people. They're binding them down. They're choking them off. And somebody has to care because people are bound. And if it isn't the chosen of God, I don't know who's going to care. If it isn't those whom God has called out, if they don't care enough to lay their lives on the line, I don't know who's going to do it. As the sad scripture says, I looked for a man and I found none. God looked for a man. He couldn't find anybody. Everybody was doing their own thing. God is calling a people to war, all-out war, a war in which no quarter is given and no quarter is asked. The order of the day remains, attack, attack, attack. That's God's marching order. And I'm not talking pick up your AR-15, folks. He that lives by the sword shall die by the sword. He that is meant to go into captivity, and in captivity he shall go. This is spiritual war, folks. The only sword you're permitted to pick up is the sword of the Spirit. And I'm not talking about uh, Second Amendment rights here. You have a right to defend your family. But what is coming? God is sending. Just as he sent the Babylonians against Jerusalem. And he told them, you've been judged. You've been weighed into the balance and you've been found lacking. Now you're going into captivity. America's going into captivity, folks. And your hope and my hope, the only hope any of us have is in Jesus Christ. So that being said, let me get Nathan Leal on the line. Stand by as we dial. This is a live show. If you're just tuning in, this is Omega Man Radio Network. We've been blessed tonight to have Nathan Leal. He'll be back with us momentarily. And if you have not been with us since the beginning, this will be in an MP3 format.
and you'll be able to get this. Stand by. Brother Shannon. Brother Nathan, I apologize. Uh, I had to. Uh, I had to preach. Oh I, man, that was good. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Let me give you the microphone, my friend. We have an hour left. Go for it. Are we on the air? We are on the air. We're ready for another hour. Okay, well, in the last hour, I was sharing about the prophetic dream that God gave me about the coming super depression. And I want to share now some of the other prophetic dreams that God has given. And the reason for that is so that the people, the listeners, can have an idea of what to expect. Now, there's another event that's going to be coming, and in this, I don't know if I should spend a lot of time on every dream. Let me just say it this way. Um, the banks, the small banks of America that are not tied to the big corporate banks like Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, and, and those banks that have been given stimulus bailouts, there's small banks around the country that have not had that privilege. And I had a prophetic dream, Shannon, that I was standing on a street corner in small town USA, and I was looking at a small bank building, and it was a one-story building, maybe 50, 75 feet wide, so it wasn't very big. And then I heard the rumble of a propeller airplane come right over my head, and it flew right into the windows of the bank building, kind of the way the the, the plane supposedly went into the Pentagon, you know, that image that we see? Yes, sir. It was real low, and it went in through the, the glass of the bank building, and it went through it, and when it hit the glass and all the glass broke, I was able to see inside of the bank, and immediately I saw one man stand up with his back to the window, and he had a white shirt on, and I believe that he was the bank manager, but he didn't have enough chance time to turn around so the wing of the airplane clipped him and knocked him down and the wing and the airplane flew through the entire building and came out the other side well when i saw this happen in my dream i i started to scream uh, call 911 and i ran up the sidewalk i crossed the street ran around to the right of the bank and went up the driveway and when i got up the driveway the wing of the plane was on the ground and there was one man standing by the wing, and I screamed to him, where's the plane? And he pointed to the end of the parking lot, and the plane was crashed. And then I looked to the bank, expecting to see a big hole with dead bodies, but the only thing I saw was one fluorescent light hanging from the ceiling by a wire. Everything was gone. And then the dream was over. So as I thought God about this, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but here's what God said, Shannon. He said that that plane is the economy, and the economy is going to crash, and before it crashes, it's going to take out small banks. And the engine fell off of the plane because that's the econ economic engine that fell off. So the economy is barely hanging on even to this day, but at some point, it's not going to be able to hang on any longer, and it's going to crash. So when this happens, Shannon... It means that small banks all at one time are going to be gone. They're going to be cleaned out, and it's going to be unexpected. That's why the man, the manager, had his back to the airplane. He didn't see it coming. He didn't see the crash coming. He didn't know. So this thing's going to be unexpected. So as I thought God about it, 
God painted a picture that if you can imagine it happening when, let's say, people are on vacation or they're gone from their house and they're they're on a three-day journey away and, and the banks crash, well, debit cards aren't going to work. You won't be able to have the gas unless you have cash to get back home. So if you can imagine how many people rely on debit cards to do just-in-time shopping, you know, every few days or once a week, well, their debit cards aren't going to work or their accounts are going to be frozen. They won't have access to their money. This is going to affect people in ways we can't even think about or or imagine. So a lot of people who have their money in the bank, we have seen one by one when FDIC Friday occurs that they'll shut down a bank and then people have access with the representative from the FDIC to file a claim and within a few days or a few weeks they get their money. Well, imagine hundreds of bank happening, failures happening at the same time, Shannon. The FDIC, by the way, the FDIC right now is broke. That has already been reported, but the U.S. Treasury has given them a bottomless free check, carte blanche to just continue rescuing the failed banks. But that can't go on forever because when the dollar crashes, those banks are not going to have FDIC insurance. So that event is coming. That's in addition to the one I just mentioned. Now, I don't know if that was going to happen before the dollar crash. That's the thing I'm not aware of, but I expect that one to also happen. Another thing that's going to happen, this is another prophetic dream, is I had another dream that I was in a field and a, the Statue of Liberty appeared before me and she was in the field. She wasn't on Ellis Island and her head fell off and rolled to my feet and the dream was over. And I woke up and I didn't know what it meant and, and I went back to sleep and I had the same dream. And in the second dream, the arm of God came out of a cloud with a sword as long as her body and God chopped her head off and the head fell off again. She was beheaded and the the head rolled to my feet. And then I heard the words, liberty would be decapitated. And wow. when I woke up, of course, that was pretty self-explanatory. Liberty. So I, I thought God about it, and God said, um, the reason, by the way, I didn't mention this, she was on a small hill. God said the reason she's on a hill is because that's Capitol Hill, and legislation is going to be passed from Capitol Hill that's going to destroy the Constitution take away liberties of America's tyranny is going to come. So that's also in our future. So when you start getting a picture of all these things, one by one, Shannon, God is going to make sure his fourfold judgment is complete. And when this thing plays out as far as liberty being decapitated, as I sought him about that one in prayer, and by the way, this is published on my website, God told me that an event is coming. This is over a year ago. He said an event is coming to America that's going to be so terrible that it's going to shake every Christian, even the strong ones, in ways they never imagined. It was almost word for word the same thing that David Workerson said wow. in the warning. Yes. And they were only weeks apart when this happened. So what is that event, Shannon? I don't know. But God said, I want you to tell everybody to pray to get in a habit of praying, to learn how to pray for themselves, for their family, and and especially this one, Shannon. And when God said this one, I was crushed because 
I, I couldn't believe, or I, I can't imagine this thing happening, but this is what God said. God said, tell the people to pray that they're not separated from their children. So I said, God, what does that mean? God said, just tell them that they will be able to be with their children when this thing comes. So, Shannon, I have three kids. I have a four-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old, and a 17-year-old. I'm a father, and that I can't understand. I couldn't imagine having to face something like that, to lose your children in a calamity or not know if they're okay. Does that mean the calamity is going to happen during school hours when parents are at work and their kids are away from them? I don't know. Does it mean children are going to be taken away from parents? I don't know. But that's what God said. So there is a remedy, though, Shannon. The remedy is a spiritual bank account that has prayer in it. And this bank account, God made it very clear. Tell the people to pray for their children and to learn how to bombard heaven with cries for mercy and with cries for a sheltering and with cries for a protection, for a a supernatural covering over their family. Do it right now. So, listeners, please take these words to heart. I know so many Christians are not used to praying like that. Most people do the five-minute, I lay me down to sleep, or... They might think about God as they drive to work or maybe in the shower, but going into your bedroom and closing the door and telling your family to leave you alone for a while because you have to seek God, that's the kind of Christianity we need to get to, Shannon. And and I want to challenge people, even though they've never done it, that's where we need to be. And if people say, well, I don't know how to pray like that, well, it starts with practice, and it starts by just doing it. Get a, a, a CD player or an iPod and put on some praise music and let it be playing in the background and have your Bibles and just practice doing this. But right now is the time to do this in advance because after the event happens and if the people have not placed into their spiritual bank account prayers to protect their kids, it's I, I can't say it enough, Shannon, they may see this thing happen where they are separated from their kids. So... I believe that, Nathan. Um, I, I did have a chance uh, to talk one-on-one with Benjamin Baruch. Right. And I know the man, folks. Uh, I believe that uh, the vision was real. When he was lifted up and stuck, set down into a concentration camp in America, and his wife was taken in one direction, his kids were pulled off in another direction, and he was moved and herded in with the man, and they were put in a long line. And they were asked, will they deny Christ and be set free? And if they didn't, their head was taken off with a laser-guided buzzsaw. Revelations 2 talks about if you go into captivity, um, keep the faith because in 10 days it will be over with. It means your head is lifted off of your body. And some of us may be there. Only God knows. And if you have to uh, lose your life for Christ's sake, there's a martyr's reward waiting. But um, do we do we understand, Nathan, what it will really be like when that happens? I don't think we have any idea. And that's why I think God was saying he's trying to prepare people so that they would not faint. Because uh, there's no turning back at that point, people. That when the time to act comes, the time to prepare is over with. It's too late. 
So the person on the sideline that mocks and scoffs and doubts, unfortunately, there's going to be a body count. That's the other thing God has shared on this, Shannon. We are going to see people stepping over carcasses of people in the cities, in the country, by the wayside, from starvation and other means that lost their lives. So when I'm done sharing the rest of my dreams and visions, I wanna, I'm going to share and talk about the remnant for a little bit. But there's another vision that God gave me of earth changes that are going to be coming. Now, when God judges again, Shannon, he does it complete. He does it sure so that people cannot say it was a lucky guess or it was just a coincidence. Unfortunately, as the earth changes happen, they're still going to do that because people are going to blame it on global warming, but not God. But that's beside the point. What we're going to see happen is volcanic eruptions are going to occur. I, I, I saw in the spirit a volcano erupting from the ground. And the odd thing about this one, Shannon, was that there was no cone. I was in this city. I found myself outside. And I started walking up to strangers and I told them to come hide themselves in, in the place that I had prepared. So five people knew who I was and they said, okay, we'll come with you. And then there were five others and I invited them also, and they said, okay, we'll come. So they started following me to a building that in the dream existed, and I knew it was a place of safety. And as I was walking with them in front of me, I just had the urge to run. So I told them, run. It's coming. We have to get to shelter. And so we were running, and as I looked back, there was in the horizon the tree line, but beyond the tree line, I saw the the volcanic burst of uh, an eruption, but there was no cone coming out of the ground. So it came out of flat ground, the volcano. Wow. I don't understand why it did that, and I was wondering, where's the cone? And But I kept running. So we ended up in, in the place of safety, and then we were protected. But I don't understand that one, but it's real amazing right now, Shannon. We are hearing about sinkholes and the ground is shaking we have volcanoes throughout america and throughout the south oklahoma yes. they're happening everywhere they've even got a volcano in tennessee nathan it's amazing i've been told so god is trying to he told us in matthew 24 you will see in diverse places earthquakes so these things are happening i had another prophetic dream where i saw the cascade rains there was a, a, a volcano erupting lava, and you could see it from Portland, Oregon. I don't know which mountain it was, but it was happening there. And then I also had another uh, prophetic dream of a tsunami, and I want to share that one. I was at a beach, and my family decided to camp out on the beach, and I was on a seawall about 40 feet high, and I didn't want to sleep because I, I was just watching the horizon as they went to sleep. And it was in Galveston, Texas, when I was on the seawall. Suddenly I heard screams from my family, and I ran down to where they were on the beach, and the waters had come in and were lapping their sleeping bags. And I looked out to the, to the uh, water the, in the horizon, and you know how when you see a tidal wave, it'll start rising far, far yes. away? It, it started doing that, so I screamed, run. 
So we ran up the seawall and we got into a vehicle and here came the tsunami. A second wave came in and it was halfway up the seawall, but we were at the top. And then a third one came in and we started driving along the seawall to escape and it came over the seawall. It was two feet high over the seawall. And then another one came and it came in waves, Shannon. And on one side of the seawall was the ocean, the other side was the city. And I saw a lumberyard underwater and all the wood was floating. And then I saw a refinery, and there was 30 feet of water over this refinery, and it was underwater. So I don't know where wow. the refinery was. I don't know if it was Texas City or did it represent something else. I'm not sure. But then the final wave came, and it was 50 feet tall, and it totally engulfed our vehicle, but we were still able to drive. Imagine this uh, like SpongeBob underwater till we came out of the water on a high bridge. And we were unaffected, so God was protecting us, and the dream was over. So I've sought him, and I've asked him, what does this mean, God? And I've shared this dream with some other uh, brothers. And what I can conclude so far with this one is that it's twofold. What it means is that a tsunami is going to come, and it's going to hit the shorelines. And I believe that we're going to see some refineries underwater. And the, the lumber was underwater, so... That's going to affect lumber. It's going to affect housing, and, and we're going to see housing underwater, and the refineries are going to be underwater. So that's going to affect oil and gas. So it, it's a twofold representation of, of what we have coming. In addition to that, it's going to come in waves. So it's not going to all be at one time, but it's going to be in waves. So I expect that to be happening. So it's like when a judgment starts, it's a, a person will wave their white flag to heaven and say, God. I've had enough, please stop. But this is how it works, Shannon, and this is what's so sad about it. The judgment of God is sure. And every time he judged Israel, while it was happening, you wave a white flag. It's too late. It's happening. And it's not going to be stopped. And it's going to go through to its fulfillment. Once the judgment starts, the land has an appointment. And the heavenly hourglass of God has marked the calendar of God. And he issues a holy mandate from heaven. And he tells his holy angels to go forth from the world and to spread out the judgment and until the men cry out to him in repentance. And when judgment comes forth, it's meant to tear hearts so that they can come forth to God. And we read that over and over in the book of Hosea, chapter 1. It says, we have returned to God because he has torn us. But now he will heal us. So when the judgment comes, Shannon... It's meant to work a useful purpose. Unfortunately, people in advance do not cry out to God in advance to be torn in their hearts in repentance. So God has to use His mighty hand and His works to do it. And that's why I have to plead. Folks, listeners, listen to me. You don't want to be torn by God after this thing gets started. Let your hearts be torn in advance now. There's, the time is, is wasting away. There's not much time left. So I want to share now the big one, the big tamale. Now, up to this point, Shannon, what I have shared is overwhelming. And I know the average person is listening to this, and it's scary, but that's what it's supposed to be because God is mighty. But there's something else. There's another one that's even bigger than what I've mentioned, and it's going to be the grand tamale. So... In order to explain this one, I want to tell you about another prophetic dream, and then I'm going to read a prophecy that God gave me just uh, a few months ago. But in this 
final prophetic dream, I was standing outdoors in a field, and I heard rumbling. And I was staring in front of me. There was no houses, no buildings. There was just in the horizon the land in the horizon. It was flat. I could have been in any flat area of the country. And from behind, it was like thunderclouds were coming from behind over the sky. And they were rolling in slow motion. These clouds, Shannon, were unlike any thunderclouds I had ever seen. It wasn't thunder because they were solid pitch black. They looked like creosotes. And they were rolling through the sky high above. And as they rolled over my head in slow motion, there was, there was ball lightning illuminating the different puffs of the, the thunder, of the clouds. And it was like they were rolling along the sky, and little lightning bolts were shooting out. And it kept coming over my head toward the horizon in front of me. And before I knew it, the entire sky was solid black. This cloud was, it wasn't a thunderstorm. It was solid black, and it turned completely black. And it was during the daytime, but as this thing filled the sky, it was no longer day. It was dark. After the, after the sky was full of this black cloud, it started to, in different portions of the cloud, drip like molasses dripping out of the sky. And these molasses, drip, molasses drips were maybe 20 to 30 feet wide, and they would drip down in slow motion. You know how a lava lamp looks when you flip it? Yes. Okay, that's what it looked like. It, it was real slow, dripping down, but the drips were also black. And these drips were coming out from over my head, all the way to the horizon. So there was hundreds of them dripping in slow motion. And then they would touch the ground. And when these drips touched the ground, the explosion, it, they didn't throw up a dust cloud or, or a mushroom cloud. There was just a loud thunder as they touched and then smeared into the ground. But the, it was so loud, Shannon, that it sounded like a, a, a howitzer cannon from a destroyer or or a, a loud tank. It, it was so loud. Each one hit the ground, and where I was standing, the ground started to shake and rumble, and I was in such terror when I saw this. My mouth was hanging open, and I, I was asking myself, what is this sight that I am watching? I, I, my knees were shaking, and and after these drips touched the ground, and then after the explosions, each drip gave birth to a black tornado. So suddenly there's black tornadoes all over the land in front of me, and they're just spinning around. Some stayed in the same spot. Some wandered back and forth. Some started going away from me to, to the side, and then some started coming toward me. And, and when I saw these whirlwinds, these black whirlwinds coming toward me, Shannon, I, I, I was, it was the, the most fearful sight. My heart was beating in my dream. It was a nightmare, and I screamed, run to the basement. So I ran to a house that was behind me, and I, and I ran down, and my wife was with me and my children. We went down to the basement, and I was looking out the basement window at this black whirlwind coming toward us. And I screamed, get down, get away from the window. It's going to shatter the glass and, and, and cut us. But my wife wanted to see it, so she said, no, I want to see what this thing looks like. So as the whirlwind was coming toward us, about 30 feet before it got to our house, it turned at a right angle to the right, and then it turned again at a right angle and went right around our building. 
and as it went to the, around the side of the building, we, we could actually see up the whirlwind and, and look, because it was so close to the window, we could see inside of it, and, and then it passed, and, and then the dream was over. Well, as I thought God about this, I said, God, what was this? God made it very clear, Shannon. The judgment of God is a terror. It is mighty. And as I was saying earlier, as Paul said, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. And, Shannon, it doesn't matter how confident a person thinks they are in their flesh and in their earthly accomplishments. No one can stand up to the terror of God. And when you look in the scriptures and you see the prophets and, and the men moved of God and the disciples who experienced the presence of God, you see people, humans, that quaked in their feet. You see people who, when they were in the presence of God, knew that they were undone. We see Isaiah knowing that he was undone. We see Amos seeing God with feet of brass on the altar, glowing. We see Paul, who fell at the feet of Jesus. We see John, who wrote Revelation, falling at the feet of Jesus. God is mighty, Shannon. And listener, God is not just some wimp that you can demand to give you riches. Or he's not some little genie in a bottle that you can say, God, I'm planting my $1,000 seed gift, so reward me. God is not someone that you can twist his arm. God does not answer to the whims of man. God is mighty in battle. He is a warrior, and he is tired of the sins of man, tolerating, being tolerated inside of hearts of his children. So what is God going to do? He is going to have to send his judgment of terror, and it's going to get very black in our future. Over America, darkness is coming. Now, Shannon, I don't know what this event is. I have no clue what it is. But when this thing arrives, it's going to have the same reaction that I just described. And I believe that's why when God was sharing, when I had the dream of liberty being decapitated, he said it's going to test Christians in ways they never imagined. That's why he told Brother Wilkerson it's going to test Christians in ways they never imagined because this thing is going to melt men's hearts. They're not going to know how to deal with this thing. It's going to be so powerful. So, now I want to share, now with that said, God gave me a prophecy and I published it June 15th and I'm going to read this, Shannon. As I yes, read sure. this, I, I, I don't want to uh, take too much time on how it came to about, but well, let me just say this. From the time that I woke up on June 15th to the time that God gave me this, when I woke up, the anointing of God was all over me, and I knew he had a word for me, and I I went to the computer because when I first uh, get up, I, I read emails, and I sat down to read email, and the Holy Spirit said, go to your chamber, I, I want to talk to you. And I told myself, well, i got to read a few emails, I'll, I'll get in there. And then the Holy Spirit said again, go to your chamber, I have to talk to you. So, it was getting stronger, Shannon. And then finally, uh, uh, about 30 seconds went by, and God made it very clear. Get out there now. And I have a, a, a prayer, a, a room where I pray. So I got up and I told my wife, God has something. Something's going on. He wants to tell me something. i got to get out there. So I went out to my prayer closet, and the minute I shut the door, Shannon, 
the anointing just filled the whole room up, and he started speaking. And I grabbed my notepad, and I couldn't write fast enough. So what I'm going to share with you is, is what he shared, and here it is. It's called The Burden of the Great City, A Coming Woe of Destruction. And here it is. A fearsome woe is upon the land. His hand of judgment moves over the waters. The cup is full of mixture, mired with the deeds of men. Behold, the cup is poured out. There is more to consider. For in that day, before the eyes of the people, there shall be grief and sorrow. The carcasses of many shall be strewn upon the sands of polluted waters. The hearts of many will fail in disbelief. Their eyes shall behold a horror. They will be stricken with sadness. They shall be in want of a better day. Death will strike down the heart of the proud. Prepare for a great woe. A mighty wind will descend from the sky. The clouds will dissolve before their eyes. Anguish shall be upon the land. It shall be with strength and fervor, and none shall be at rest. A burden shall arrive at the great city. Now right here, this prophecy is mentioning a city that's going to happen to you. A shaking will rock the ground. The ferries and the ships shall reel to and fro. There will be shipwreck. The cargo will release and be lost. Burning clouds shall cover the face of the land. They shall gasp as they behold the darkness overshadowed with blackened smoke. The dead shall be sifted from the living. The breadth of destruction shall be mighty and wide. The great city shall melt like burning pitch, and give birth to many fires. A banner will proclaim this tale, a banner lifted high with no celebration or comfort. A banner shall replace their wants with soulful mourning, a banner without a victory, a banner proclaiming defeat. The city shall be poisoned. Woe to this city, for great pain has arrived. Who will watch and who will be among the fallen? The storm has begun. The, wind, the winds shall arrive. The conquest approaches. The great nation will fall to the ground. There shall be a great spoil. The eve of destruction has passed. Her appointment is at hand. Only a remnant shall endure. Only those that seek his faith shall find comfort and mercy. Well, there it is, Shannon. A prophetic word that isn't going to tickle anyone's ears, but this thing is an event that's coming to America. And there's going to be fires burning when this thing happens. I had another prophetic dream, and I was in a helicopter, this was about a year ago, looking down over a metropolitan city. And the strange thing about it was, there were about another 100 helicopters all hovering over the city, and the entire city had hundreds of fires burning below us. There were skyscrapers burning. There were entire neighborhoods burning. There were shopping malls burning. There were stores burning, cars burning, and we looked down. And it was a sight to behold. And then that dream was over, and this prophetic word that I just read mentions that there shall be fires. And I believe Dimitri Duneman said that he saw fires burning over 
across America in different cities? Yes, sir. You mentioned his prophecy. Yes, uh, he saw he saw nuclear attack, folks. Las Vegas, Florida, Louisiana, Los Angeles. Then you you match it up with Jonathan Hansen, nuclear, biological, chemical attack. Some of the same cities. And uh, he said God showed him that whatever the total body count was during 911, the next time it hits will be a thousand times that. So if there's 3,000, there'll be 3 million next time. He said all the uh, the buildings will be on fire the next time around. Amen. Now, Shannon, I, I mentioned to you when we first started this program that I was in prayer. And I was asking God what to share. And when I was praying, he gave me some things to mention. And I want to mention them right here. I wrote them down. Yes, sir. Take but it. I, I, I've been asking God, God, what is this darkness, this cloud? What is it? And in, a, in April 20th, 2009, exactly one year before the Gulf spill, because the Gulf rig, Deepwater Horizon, exploded on April the 20th of this year. You remember that? Yes, sir. Okay, well, on the same day, April 20th, 2009, the Lord gave me a, another prophetic dream. And in this dream, and I published it. It's on my website. You can go there and read it. In this dream, I was looking at the weatherman on CNN. I'm sorry, I take it back. It wasn't CNN. It was just the local weather guy. At the time this happened, I lived in Colorado. I'm now in Idaho. But when I had this dream, the weatherman said, okay, folks, here's what's happening. And when he said that, a map of Colorado filled the screen. And you know how they do that for the weather, and they'll show where the rain's going to be and the lows and the highs and all that. And yes. that's, what, that's what I thought was going to happen in the dream. I thought it was a dream of the snow that was going to come or... That's all I thought it was. So when he said, here's what's going to happen, he showed the map of Colorado, and then within one second, it was like a black piece of paper covered the entire map except for the, except for the very, very top part of the state where I lived in, in the Fort Collins area. Everything south of that became black. So I didn't understand that, first of all, because why would the whole state turn black? And then the numbers... Ten six appeared in blue glowing letters over the black, and it was one zero space zero six. So it looked like ten six, and then the dream was over. Well, when I woke up, I was wondering, does that mean ten and a half inches of snow is coming? Or I didn't know what that meant, Shannon. But the blackness over the whole state showed that it wasn't a normal dream. And to this day, I still remember it very, very vividly. So I went and asked God. I said, God, what does this mean? And the Holy Spirit said, publish it. And I said, but what's the black? And he said, publish it. And I said, well, is it June, the sixth month of 2010? Is this a date? Or is it... I didn't understand what it meant. So I, I published it, Shannon, and it's on my website right now. And to this day, I don't know what it means. And I'm saying that right now. Because if in the future it, it sh some event happens to explain what it means, well, at least we're saying in advance right now that it was published and it's there. I don't know, does it mean October the 6th in a few weeks? 
something has happened that's going to come that's going to bring the black darkness? Is that the day? I don't know. So I'm saying that because I keep seeing when I'm praying in prophetic dreams and prophecies that darkness is coming over the land. A black whirlwind is coming over the land, and I saw this thing. So listeners, again, I don't know how this thing's going to play out, but I do know this. It's going to be terrifying. Now, as I just said, I was asking God, God, what do I share? What do I tell them this darkness means? And this is what the Holy Spirit gave me. He said that illness, there's going to be a valley of illness coming with polluted air. The Holy Spirit said that, so I wrote that down. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I'm just saying it right now. Another thing is, they will see and behold with their eyes images of horror. Okay, so that's another thing. People are going to see it. Third thing, a plague of darkness awaits many sons of disobedience. So this darkness is going to happen happen to those who have not repented. Another thing, the plague will be upon many that are unshielded. So take that to heart right there. Uh-oh. Again. Keep going. Sorry? Keep going, brother. Okay. Unshielded, Shannon. Tell you what comes to mind. Exactly. And it could be more than many things. I'm, I'm thinking EMP strike. Um, that's just in the physical. There's a spiritual ramification also. <laughs> Exactly, and thank you for saying that. EMP is very, very uh, possible, whether it's from the sun or from the enemy. And putting it into the spiritual realm, we see, the Bible tells us, God is our shield. He's supposed to be our shield, our covering, but this plague is going to happen to those that do not have God as their covering. So again, here's the warning, Shannon. Make God the covering. Here's another thing. A season is coming where beauty in America is going to become ashes. Instead of the ashes turn to beauty, the beauty is going to turn into ashes. The former things of America, the former beautiful things of America are going to become words in a song of a distant memory. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Here's another thing. The season coming is going to be when the strong will faint. However, the humble will find refuge in God. And a portion of God will find his refuge. A portion are going to find his shadow. So, Shannon, I need to state this to everyone listening. Folks, be that portion that finds the refuge and the shelter and the shielding from God. Unfortunately, Here's what else the Holy Spirit said. Most will refuse to be shielded. Most will refuse to be humbled. And instead, they will stumble. They will forsake Him. They will instead willingly walk over the road of darkness. Isn't that sad, Shannon? Yes. So as this happens, people who didn't prepare in advance will sing a hymn. And their hymn will be sung, but it's not going to comfort them. The Holy Spirit also said this, the sparrows, his sparrows are going to watch the sons of men in agony. They're going to witness the fall of the rebellious ones. 
God's creation is going to see this happen. And there's going to be many people in anger, many people in confusion, many people in heartache. But the sting is going to be sure. It's going to be set. And just like a wasp has no mercy in its anger, so shall these days bring no comfort. These days are going to sting, Shannon. So the shelter awaits everyone. So who's going to find it? That's the question. Darkness is coming. It's going to cover the land. It's going to be like pitch in the night. So what the people need to do right now is to forsake their own ways. They need to forsake their trust in man. They need to renew their forgotten trust in God. They need to renew their hope in God. Because if they don't, they're going to seek bread and not find it. The promises of the lies that they're hearing right now are not going to feed them. They're going to fail. So people need to put away the lies right now and seek to be in the court of God, to seek to be in the, the, the courtyard of God, to seek Him like David. The way that I shared earlier, Shannon, holding on to the horns of the altar. Now, at the end of that prophecy I just read, it said the remnant will find it. So I want to talk about the remnant right now. Folks, please know this. The remnant has become a buzzword on the Internet. And Shannon, have you noticed that? Yes. We're the remnant because we know about the New World Order. A lot of people believe that since they listen to your program or, or Steve Quayle or Rick Wiles or my, my show, they're automatically the remnant. But that's not how it works. Because right. the remnant is the person who knows these things and who understands these things that I'm talking about. But in addition to that... The remnant believer has repented. That means he's striving for a higher calling. It means they're tired of old excuses. Now, folks, did you hear that? The remnant is tired of excuses. They have no more excuses. That means they're tired of being flaky. It means they've repented. So the remnant, when the remnant shows up, that means they're the only ones left, Shannon. To be remnant means past tense because remnant means the leftovers. Remnant means the piece that was cut off, set aside, that made it, that survived, that endured, that overcame. That's what remnant means. So to be remnant, Shannon, we have to actually live it. To be remnant, that means that we saw it with our own eyes and we survived. To be remnant, it means we step over carcasses. To be remnant means that you live in a house with five, you live on a street with five houses. Your house is one of them, but in four of the other ones on your left and to your right, they perished, but you didn't. That what, that's what remnant means. Remnant means that you found the secret place. Psalms 91 actually already happened. It was proven to be true. So to say I'm remnant means nothing unless you're living it. The remnant is a lifestyle. The remnant is a badge of, of commitment to God. The remnant is not a bumper sticker. It's not a poster. It's not a T-shirt. The remnant is Psalms 91 in the secret place of God. Now, by the way, Psalms 91, he that dwelleth is what it says. Dwelleth, Shannon. That means they know how to be in that room. It means they've discovered that room. To say, I'm Psalms 91. I've heard people say on forums, and they say, don't worry about what's coming, because just claim Psalms 91. Well, how do you claim to be in the dwelling place if you haven't done it? To proclaim it, 
means nothing unless you are dwelling in the secret place. That means hours on your knees. That means your knees have calluses. That means you know how to be on your face. That means you know what a box of Kleenex when you're alone in the presence of God is all about. That means that you know about the shelter of God. You know what His presence is like. You know what the sweet aroma of worship from your own lips is like. That's what the remnant is, Shannon. And the people listening today need to discover that. It can't just be a proclamation. It can't just be my iPod has scary doom porn on it. That's not the remnant. The remnant is living it, Shannon. The remnant is the spiritual bank account full of the treasury of prayer. So that's what I want to leave with your listeners today. Listeners, please take this to heart. And I, I, I hope that this message, Shannon, goes viral all over the Internet. I hope that the people of God would share this thing with their families. I hope that they download it and give it to their kids and tell them, please listen to this thing, because we are in dire, perilous times right now, brother. Nathan, uh, we talked uh, over the weekend, and uh, God showed you a vision of a needle. God was looking for some needles to sharpen. Oh, oh, yeah, I did tell you that. That's right. I, I, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I was, it wasn't a vision. It was the Holy Spirit telling me. I was asking him, I said, God, tell me what the remnant is, because I, I, I want to know it so that I can put into, it into practice. Here's what God said. The remnant are the precious ones that discover me beforehand so that I will... Love them so much, I will cherish them so much that I will hide them like a needle in the haystack. God will hide us. That's the remnant. So a needle in the haystack is a very, very precious, expensive thing, Shannon. And it means that there's not a lot of them in there. That haystack does not have a lot of people hiding. But a needle in the haystack also means that you've been made sharp. You're sharpened. Your, your spirit has been made sharp. That means that God has knocked off the rough edges. That means submission to God to allow him to be the potter to knock off those rough edges. That means submission and understanding that when God wants to do something sovereignly in our lives, we don't argue with it. We don't fight it. We don't ask a bunch of questions. We say, God, not my will, but thine be done. That's what makes a sharp person a needle for God. And then God will have... No choice. It's like a father wanting to, to hold his precious one in his arms. A little baby that he loves so much that proves how, how adorable they are in the eyes of God. That's the hope that we need to strive for. And, Shannon, when I have these prophetic dreams, over and over, I hide in, in the dream, in, in the shelter. And the, the tornado goes around us or, or whatever it is coming. I've had other ones. I won't share them, but... I've had boulders falling toward a house and they go to the left or to the right. It's Psalms 91, but we need to get to that point where we know he's going to protect us, where we are sheltered in his, under his wings. But that, again, Shannon, means taking up the cross, getting rid of the idols in our lives, getting rid of the things we tolerate, and getting serious with God. It means total obedience, doesn't it, Nathan? It means, in the words of my grandmother, Completely sold out, folks. Completely. Completely, Shannon. So, how do you say it enough? How, you know, I was talking to Rick Wiles 
over the weekend, and he told me, you know, it's it's frustrating. You, how long? How much can you warn? How much can you tell the people? It's coming. It's coming, and still, they're not ready, and still their their lamps are empty. They don't have oil. By the way, you know that story of the lamps, Shannon? It says in, in the Gospels, at the midnight hour, the cry was made to come to the, the, the meet the groom. It happened at night. That's why they needed oil in their lamps, because right before the groom shows up, right before Messiah shows up, our Savior, it's going to be dark. It's going to be at the darkest hour that we can possibly imagine. So if we go, if we think, Shannon, if anyone thinks they can master this in their own strength without the lamp and the oil of God, they're kidding themselves. They will stumble. They will fall off the cliff. The path is going to go through rocky places where they have to, it's like a ledge over a cliff with a hundred foot drop. But if they have the oil in their lamp, they'll be able to see those tight spots. They'll be able to maneuver and navigate themselves through the tight spots that are coming. That's why it's so important to have oil in the lamps, so that we can see in the darkness. The darkness is coming, Shannon. A great darkness is coming. Amen. God, have mercy. Um, I want to ask you, with the the parable of the ten virgins, they were all virgins, weren't they? They were. But five of them had no oil. What was the oil, Nathan? The Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Getting full of God. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In Isaiah, Jesus said, I will make a, a highway uh, in the desert. Watered, a watered place in the desert. So Jesus is the water in the desert. So many people are empty because they go to church and they hear the false gospel, empty, ear-tickling message that gives them no water. So they leave still thirsty. They leave still in captivity. They leave still in bondage to their addictions and to their fleshly carnality and to their old way of thinking. They're not getting victory. So they leave thirsty. So, Shannon, the pastors, why aren't they sharing this? It's so frustrating. The pastors don't understand it. They don't get it. That they are the lifeline for the people. They're the mouthpiece for the people. And they have such a great opportunity to give the people water, but they're not doing it, Shannon. So you have five virgins that aren't getting water. They don't have oil in their lamps, and they leave sanctified and satisfied. They leave church self-confident, but it's going to prove to not be enough when these things happen. The reason why, Nathan, is because they're wolves, and uh, they'll be used by the New World Order to... uh hurt people into the camps. But then it'll be too late. Um, folks, the time to act is now. And we're all getting ready to go into the wilderness, and it will require you to be sold out and be able to totally rely on God and His Son, Jesus Christ, or you will die in the desert. You will faint. You will not make it. And not anybody can prepare for everything that's coming. Beans, bullets, bullion, it's not going to save you in this time. Um, if someone still has money and listening to this, my best advice to you is um, give to the poor, the widows, the orphans, bless Israel. It says that those who bless the poor, they have lent to God, God will repay. Because the money system's about to fail. And the question is, what do you have in your uh, your heavenly bank account? 
That's my two cents worth, brother. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Nathan, closing. we've got four minutes remaining. What would you like to say in remaining time? In closing, listeners, my spirit, my Holy Ghost alarm is on red alert. We're at the highest DEFCON level right now, that something's coming. I believe that an event is coming. I don't know if it's war or a terrorist attack, a dirty bomb, or even a meteor, Shannon. You, yes. you know, that, that's not out of the uh, realm of possibility because we see in Revelation a giant mountain was hurled into the ocean. So we don't know. Or is it an EMP blast from the sun or from our enemy? I don't know, but the time to prepare is now. The time to seek God is now. And after you seek God, it says in the book of Proverbs, the wise man sees the evil coming and he hides himself. So after yes. you are in the right place with God, prepare your family and do yes. what you can to have some measures. The person that does not prepare is going to be standing in a government breadline. I believe that, Shannon. Oh, and then let me qualify what I said. I do believe you need to have some food, people, and water. Right. And he that doesn't exactly. take care of his family is worse than a heathen. Amen. Exactly. So... You know, people still today will go spend $50 on a video game. They're Wii, when they could have taken that $50 and, and got some extra supplies for their pantry. And I'm not trying to sound radical right here, but it's common sense. Joseph stored grain for seven years, and so did Noah. Seven years. Brother? Seven years. And I've noticed a lot of people want to poo-poo their preparation message, but so be it. To him who has ears to hear, yes. let him hear, but do it. Amen. Folks, I prepared uh, when, when I had uh, money to do it, and I praise God. I didn't know it at the time that there would be a time when I didn't have it. Um, bottom line is you can all do something if you buy a bag of rice and some tuna. That goes a long way, some beans. The point is, is um, do it now while you still can. Do what you can, and having done all, stand. Amen. All right, well, uh, Nathan, Yes, sir. Give out your contact information, please. Watchmanscry.com. And that's W-A-T-C-H-M-A-N-S-C-R-Y, Watchmanscry.com. Would you close in prayer for us, brother? And I want to say God bless you for being brave tonight and speaking the truth. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person listening. And I ask you to let your Holy Ghost put a hook in their jaw and pull them toward you, God. Let Holy Ghost conviction melt hearts that are hardened, God. Break up the foul ground of every person listening. Those that have strayed from you, God, show them that you are the, the only hope. Jesus, let them cry out to you in repentance and in mercy. Let them forsake their ways of the, the flesh and have mercy on them, God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May, may the Lord bless and keep you, Nathan. And you're welcome on this microphone anytime, brother. Amen, brother. Well, thank you. God bless. We'll see God you bless time. you. Yes, sir. We're going to do this again, folks. Um, and we've got uh, this on MP3 shortly. And I want to say one last thing in the minute remaining. I've been seeing two numbers, 333 Nathan and 911. Almost every night I've been seeing 911. Well, the 911 is pretty obvious, but tonight I added the 333 together. What do you get? You get 9. If you add the 911 again, you get 11. There you go. I got 911 two ways. There you go. The trigger fix event is coming, folks. God bless you, my friend. 
Take care, brother. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nathan Leal of Watchman's Cry. I would like everybody to go and subscribe to his newsletter. I would like you to send this program out to everyone you know. It will be on an MP3 shortly. Uh, God bless you. Uh, Take what Nathan said to heart, folks. We have been warned. Now what you do will be on your hands. He has done his job. He has sounded the alarm. God bless Nathan. And um, I will see you again uh, on the next program. May the Lord bless you, keep you. Folks, if you have any money left, uh, prepare for your families for a rough ride. Feed the poor, the widows, the orphans, bless Israel. And having done all, stand and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you.